Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. It has been a great week, especially for uh, the fans of the Blue Shirts. I, of course, am your host, Mr. Mark Williams. And, of course, I, again, how is it that I don't have this set up every single week? I don't get it. But anyway, it is great to be with you all throughout today. And I am joined by the good, the bad, the ugly host, Mr. John Volkowski. Where are all my freaks at? Holly, if you hear me, big pop a pop. <laughs> well, they definitely can hear you, and they've been watching. You guys have been watching Phil's recaps of uh, the Ranger games, so that's been fantastic. And uh, we also have a lot of big news also with uh, in for our website, which is coming along soon, which will feature written articles by us. And also, we're going to have some merchandise coming soon. Shirts like this one, say uh, Mika. And uh, a lot of other stuff, and they're they're all going to be there, and it's 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 going to be fantastic. And Anthony's going to be joining us in about a minute, so I'll be able to introduce him. And uh, this one of the advantages of us is we have everything all set up. He's getting his house remodeled, so his uh, his laptop was hidden from for a second, so. One thing that happened this week with the New York Rangers, Phil, and it was a great week for the New York Rangers. By the way, once again, watch the Good, Bad, the Ugly recaps. We might rename it. We're working on a different name for ourselves, but not the recaps. That's still going to be the Good, the Bad, the Ugly. But Phil will do that either on our Facebook page or he'll be on YouTube to talk all about it. But Phil, great week for the great week for the New York Rangers. Three and one versus Florida, Tampa, and Edmonton. And truth be told, they were 20 minutes away from beating Florida too. But Florida shows why they're one of the best teams in the NHL with the most come behind, come from behind wins in and the third period. Yeah, and on home ice too. Mika Zibanejad had four goals last week. Chris Kreider got his 20th goal of the season, surprising the man that's right next to me. As the Rangers improved. To 48 points, 22, 8, and 4, and was the best team in the NHL to conclude Monday night. Time kept going after that, so that's not exactly a problem. Yeah, the, the whole stop the count chant would work uh, pretty well. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, that's not how it works. Um, so, if, Phil, as I go through all the rest of the, the stats, have the Rangers silence critics this week? Some. Some to a point, um, they're still not – their record still needs to improve against better teams. They've been playing well. I, I mean, the, the two Tampa games were really good games. Uh, the first 40 minutes of the Florida game I thought were pretty good. It's that last 20. You, you got to play full 60 or you, you got to play closer to uh, a full 60 to uh, win games, and they, they didn't do it. So they didn't get the points against Florida. Zigor's um, first game back from injury – and then and it, they, and it showed. Yeah. And it, and it showed he, he, he had two goals that he probably would like back in that game. So um, also they, they did a good job in really shutting down Tampa Bay, especially in the later part of uh, in the later parts of the game. And then in the second game, they really locked them down and then they locked down uh, Mick dry against Edmonton and were really good. The fourth line was really good against them. Uh, I mean, this this whole Strom, Lafreniere, Goodrow line that's been put together in the absence of Artemi Panarin 
Speaking of uh, stepping up, Ryan Strom, can can we finally give this guy some love? Can we finally give this guy some love? You know what, Philk, you're absolutely right. Ryan, you're doing a great job right now this season, and you're certainly showing you might be worth re-signing. And I since I'm one of his biggest critics. I think that, he's getting re-signed. Uh, yeah, I, I, he's I getting re-signed. He doesn't at this point. But um, uh, you know what? It, it, yeah, they, they definitely silenced some. There's definitely some work still to do against some good teams, so you got to keep this going. But uh, those were two playoff teams that they got six points against, and they were convincing wins. So yeah, I'm man. just getting that code to Anthony so he gets in. And you know what? Yeah, they, those were convincing wins, especially – look, we could say what we will about the Tampa game. They blew a lead in the third period again. They won it in shootout. Ooh, okay. But you go to Sunday's game, and you were even saying it in our group chat, they might get shellacked because they weren't – they were going to be without Panarin, and they had a couple guys on COVID protocol. God help the Rangers because they were missing Patrick Nemeth. And – Brian Instead, uh, oh yeah, no, they, no, but Brian Lingren. But I mean, they were missing Patrick Nemeth. That was, yeah, that was a real loss. Um, yeah. This this team, this this team responded, and they dominated. They dominated that Tampa game. They made Edmonton look silly. Not that it was really that hard. I mean, the team that is only got two wins in their last eleven games. More on that later. But it's just one of those things that you just. This is what you're imagining with the Rangers. And the thing is, they're not firing on our, on our cylinders. No, they're, they're not. And there's some even strength issues that need to be uh, hammered out. And uh, it looks like we are welcoming in our uh, the, the last part of the Triforce here, Mr. Anthony Lasco. How's it going? <laughs> not bad. How about you? Yeah, all right. Just my iPad this week, so it's a little... A little different, but uh, it's all right. We'll 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 get all the kinks out of it right now. Yeah, exactly. So well, that's why one day Anthony will be able to write that sitcom about the hockey writer who's also a dad and and doing all the things that you're doing. So the Mohawk is officially back. All right. Yeah. We, all, we, we got guys that are still saying we got to do an uh, Anthony's yeah. Mohawk fundraiser for chill, uh, uh, youth hockey. Anthony, did the New York Rangers silence critics this week? Say it again? Yeah. Did the New York Rangers silence critics this week? Um, I mean, they, they beat they beat some pretty good teams. So, I, I, But like I always said, you know, I, I said that their team, to me, in my mind, are already a good team. Um, you know, how much of what they did in last week really changed my mind on anything. But listen, they, they beat two good hockey teams, um, you know, especially the game against Tampa Bay. I thought they did it pretty convincingly with, uh, you know, Vasilevsky and Net. Um, you know, team, even if they lose a couple in a row, they, they get back on, you know, on kind of string a couple of wins together. Um, you know, they're, listen, as an Islander fan, you hate, you hate to say it, but, you know, they're, they're slowly, you know, slowly maybe developing to a contending team this year. Um, but you know, I, I still think there are a bunch of teams ahead of them with better chances of, you know, really doing a lot of that. What would you say is their weakness right now? I think he might've froze. Okay. We got him back for a second. 
Yeah. Okay, what's the Rangers' weakness right now, Phil? Weakness is it's got to be five on five scoring. Uh, I mean, they they need more even strength offense. Um, their their defense it, it tends to be a little sloppy at times. Five on five clearing the zone. Um, I, I would say, if anything, that uh, the faceoffs are a big one, as as uh, DP points out here. Faceoffs are definitely a weakness. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive zone coverage can be spotty at times. The power, the, the special teams are great, and then that that's definitely not a problem. But uh, they they definitely need more help of five on five, and they need scoring for the wings. Uh, they need someone other than Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, and Artemi Panarin um, to really be a, a, a consistent scorer. Ryan Strong. All right. So outside of Ryan Strong. So they're top four players. They need more depth to start scoring. The third line has to finish on some chances. Um, it would be nice if the fourth line could pop in a goal or two here or there, but the third line needs to, to score and they need more scoring out of the bottom six big time. Well, plenty of work this week from Barkley Goudreau who had three goals against, uh, I think all of them against his former team. And he, he's, he's looked like the player that they signed down is he going to be worth that contract? Probably, probably never. But he's they're going to need him to be a bottom six forward, not uh, – I think he filled in the Edmonton game on the second line, right? Yeah, he, he was – he's been playing on the second line in the two games without um, Artemi Panarin, the, Tampa, the second Tampa game and the Edmonton game. So the, the line that's been created, that second line, is Brian Strom with our, uh, with Alexi Lafreniere and Barkley Goodrow, and that line has looked really good. It's even gotten to the point where some fans are saying third-line Breadman when Breadman gets back. And if you could have – could you imagine – I don't think it'll happen, but if you had Artemi Panarin on your third line with Philip Hedl and, I don't know, Julian Gauthier – uh, and that second line continues to produce with Ryan Strom, Alexi Lafreniere, and Barkley Goodrow, then you have three lines that could score, and then this team becomes even more dangerous. Because then you have a matchup nightmare, because what are you going to do? You have Mika's advantage out of Chris Kreider's line, you have Ryan Strom's line that you got to worry about, and then you got Artemi Panarin's line you got to worry about. So, I, I, just, I just find it funny that the idea of moving Panarin down – and again, I would say it's a top nine, not a top six. Then yeah, it would be it would be a top nine. It wouldn't be a top right. Six point. But like uh, the twenty fourteen Rangers. I do think there's a bit of a chance to move that over. And now that we got Anthony back and fully functional, um, Anthony, what do you think is the Rangers' weakness right now? You you would say? Um, yeah, I was having Wi-Fi. My my Wi-Fi is so much better on my laptop than my iPad. It doesn't make any sense. But um, <laughs> ho- hopefully, hopefully it's a little better now. But um, I was saying before, I think that their weaknesses they just need some more scoring throughout their lineup. Um, you know, until they start getting you know steady production from guys like Lafreniere and Kako. You know, Heedle's really underperformed. They really need you know another guy to kind of go with Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider. Um, who's scoring consistently. So adding another player, I'm not, you know, like Phil Kessel or, or someone along those lines. Uh, you know, we mentioned Joe Pavelski before. What happens to Dallas? Just, they need, I think they just need a little more scoring throughout the lineup. But, um, and then obviously the, the, the defense issue, they need, Nemeth is a tire fire. Um, so they can, they can definitely improve over him and guys like Hayek at a, a better depth defenseman. Um, I would say those are the really only two weaknesses in my in my eyes right now. 
Yeah, I mean, and the, again, the funny thing about this team is they're they were number one in the NHL. They're they're knocking on the door at the division uh, lead, and you know what? They're not firing on all cylinders yet. They're not done. There's going to be plenty of work that has to be done, and it's probably going to start about a month from now when the trade deadline starts coming in, because usually that's when teams start making yeah. moves, and it, that's much. where it's going to be. Anthony, you were saying? No, I just said pretty much. I mean, trade deadline's March 21st. Um, I, I think, you know, sometime in the middle of February, you might see some trades start to, you know, start to occur. Um, but, Besides you know, the minor one today with Alex Nylander. Yeah, yeah. Um, for Lafferty, right? Um, yeah. I was going to say, know, just wait for the, uh, for the annual Jim Rutherford uh, yeah. month or two early special. I just think a lot, of teams, a lot of teams right now um, still view it as there's so much time left. Um, even your, you know, even your sellers like Arizona. Um, I know there was LeBron and Drugger were talking about chicken over, you know, the, over, I think the last day or so. But um, even a team like them, as bad as they are, there's there's no incentive for them to really trade them now. You might as well wait closer to the trade deadline. So I don't think a lot of teams feel that way. Um there's no sense in rushing to make a trade right now. You might as well wait till it gets a little closer to deadline and teams are get a little more desperate and willing to give up a little more. So um, might have to wait a couple more weeks to see a, a significant move. I'm just going to address this comment, then we'll break and we'll go into the B block for the Islanders. But Hikako has been producing a lot as far as like turn, uh, takeaways and stuff like that and defensive pressure. He's doing a lot of things right with that. It's just his his contributions have not been showing up on the traditional stats every fan cares about goals, assists, points, and we'll we'll see about that. But it's, I, you know, he, he does have to pick it up though. I, I will agree with that a little bit. Pick it up a little bit, and not really that much, guys. What do you think about the New York Rangers being the number one team in the league? And also, are they a contender right now? Of course they are, but the question is, are they really a contender? Throw it all down in the comments below. And we're going to move on to the other New York team that had two games this week. Hey, Anthony, uh, the Islanders had a whopping two games last week. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. It was astounding. And they did beat the Edmonton Oilers and the Buffalo Sabres for the only two games post-Christmas. They have not been getting the breaks as far as the schedule goes. And it'll be their only games until January 13th. So before we even get into the rest of it, how about the the emergence of Noah Dobson and some of the other players, Anthony? Uh, yeah, you know, um, Noah Dobson uh, came kind of, you know, highly regarded when he was drafted. Um, you know, he's, he's a big he's 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 a big defenseman. Um, you know, he skates well. Uh, we all knew what his potential could be. And, you know, they, they brought him on very slowly to start his career. Um, you know, last year he got more responsibility. He became a regular pretty much. Uh, and this year, you know, over the last couple of weeks, he's really he's really got a lot more comfortable with showing his offensive side of the game. Um, you know, he, he's been racking up the points uh, to the point now where, you know, he's he's on pace for like 41 points. And, um, you know, that for a defenseman, that, that's great. You know, defenseman that scores 40 points is, is a wonderful thing for a hockey team. So if that's especially player, an Islanders defenseman. Yes. And if that's the player that he could develop into, which many people thought he would be, um, that's just a win for the Islanders because it takes so much pressure 
off Pollock and Pellick. Um, and also what enables them is it just – it also kind of helps them out with trying to find that defenseman going into next year to, you know, to replace Nick Letty. Because now if no Dobson legitimately emerges into a top four defenseman along with, you know, Mayfield as the other guy, now you don't have to get like an elite defenseman. You could just get two quality, solid defensemen to round out your top six. Um so his, his emergence means a lot for the Islanders, uh, not just this year, but long-term. Um, it just seems like he's playing with much more confidence. And anybody that knows hockey knows that usually young defensemen take longer to develop than, you know, a right wing, center, left wing, or any, you know, forward position. So um, he's getting more comfortable, and uh, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Um, you know, you mentioned some other guys. Wallstrom, we all know about him, his talent. Um, he's been he's, – he had started off hot, had a little bit of rut there in the middle – uh, now he's been playing some pretty good hockey, but then he landed himself on COVID protocol. So um, he's out of it. So he should be back when they resume play, but uh, he's been good. Um, and the last guy before I turn it over to you guys is, you know, I kind of soured on, on Kiefer Bellows a little, but he's been getting more playing time. Um, and he's, we all known about his shot. He, he has a good, not as good as Wallstrom, but he's got a good release and a good shot. Um, and he's looked more comfortable too out there. I don't know if that just, you know, playing more has, has boosted his confidence or if he's listened to the coaches and fine-tuned some things. Um, but, you know, he's, he's really battled there. He's skated hard, and, you know, he's used his best asset, which is his shot. Um, you know, he's gone to the net, all things that the coaching staff wanted to see out of him. So, um, again, you know, I, I kind of soured him before the season, but, you know, if he can, you know, be a regular the rest of the year and, and at least show signs of being a guy that can, you know, score – 20 goals in this league, I, you know, I would gladly take that. But um, in the last week or so, I like what I've seen from Kiefer Bellows. Felk. Yeah, I, I was going to say, this is definitely the best stretch of hockey of Kiefer Bellows' professional career. I mean, it, it, just a couple of years ago in, in 2020, he had only nine assists in 52 games and then seven assists in 73 games the year before in Bridgeport. So that's 16 total assists in 100 in 125 games in the AHL. In this season alone, he has five assists in 14 games. And that's something that we didn't think was going to come for Kiefer, Kiefer Bellows. We thought that his stat line would look like a Cy Young winning pitcher. 20 goals. Five, like Chris Kreider. Something like that. Chris Kreider. Yeah. Well, Chris Kreider right now has has 20 goals and he has uh, 11 assists for 30 points. So Right, but sticking with Kiefer. Yeah, but it just amazing how Bellows has really turned his game around. And now if he keeps this up, he might be a piece that the Islanders are going to hold on to going forward instead of a guy that his ELC was just going to run out. He wasn't even going to be tendered. So uh, good for him. Noah Dobson is basically becoming, like Anthony said, what everybody thought he could become. Uh, it's happening now. It's happening every night. When I watch him play, there's a conviction to his game. There's everything that he does, there's a confidence level to it. He believes in what he can do and what he does in that ice. So when he takes over games like that and he starts making these plays and he starts making those rushes and skating through and between guys and, and taking the puck to the outside, making plays – there's there's something behind it and, and that's really what it takes to to take your game to the next level so you're really you're seeing what Dobson will probably be become 
I mean, I always said that he has a chance of being a number two defenseman. It looks like he's got a good chance of that. And, and it's coming It's coming sooner than later, especially with the absence of Nick Letty. It's sorely needed. So, And what will really help the Islanders is if Dobson becomes that steady um, that performer for them, even offensively. Now you can pair somebody with them next year. Then Pollock and Pellick don't have to play every single minute of the game. And now is right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that's one of those things that now you're looking at, now you suddenly are a better team next season, or maybe even later this season, maybe they can get themselves back to at least being within shouting distance of the playoffs. It's just still going to be tough because the, of, of the numbers that we can go through on that. One last thing though, uh, again, I just going to mention what I've always said about Kiefer Bellas. You can talk about a first round guy that, he is, I mean, his father was an NHLer. He had played great in the world juniors. Like, I just don't understand why it took the, the organization this long to get him here. But we're going to move on. Oh, wait, sorry, Phil, you have to. I was, was going to say, Barry Trotz is a bit of a pain in the neck when it comes to the young players. And yeah. I, I think anybody who, who follows the Islanders knows well enough that Barry Trotz is just really tough on these kids. And it, it's always tough for them to get the opportunities. And if they make the mistake, kind of like how David Quinn was, if they make the mistake, they're stapled to the bench. And you can't be like that as a coach. It's not how you develop young players. So for these kids to finally be able to go out there and just play and not worry about having to be stapled to the bench for every little mistake that they make, it's a blessing. It really is. I mean, it might it might suck for the Islanders to, to be where they are right now. At least they're within shouting distance. But – I mean, I, I think going forward, I think I would take that and the development of the young kids over being in a playoff spot and having these kids' development stifled. Yeah. But I, uh, unfortunately, Anthony, as usual, whenever there's news with the Islanders for the last two months, ever since we said, can we get more news with the Islanders? It's not good news because this is ridiculous what the New York Islanders have to deal with. And yes, uh, I agree with that. Yeah, they got to do something with, with Kyle Palmieri. Um, the road trip that they were about to go on is suspended. It was going to go to Seattle, Ved- uh, Edmonton, uh, Vancouver, and Calgary. And I can't help but say why. But we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, we'll do more on that in the bar talk when it comes on. But can really realistically. I'm not in, in, in 100% agreement that the Islanders have been a victim of circumstance, but could any team survive under the conditions the Islanders have been put through since November? I mean, it, it's it's really hard. You know, the, the stops and starts, um, you know, these, these guys are, are well-conditioned athletes, um, so that, that part isn't a huge issue. But when you, when you have to sit for as long as you do, um, it halts your momentum and it prevents you from getting in a real groove where, you know, where you're, you're feeling good. Um, and you can't really, like it's, it, well, yeah, I guess it all goes back to momentum. You, you can't build any momentum when you're, when you're playing and then you stop. I mean, this is now what the, well, first in that 13 game road trip, not even to do with COVID, they just had two, two kind of breaks where they played one game and then they were off for five days. They played, another game and then we're off for another six. And then you had the COVID postponements. Um, and now this, which is a 13, they played on the second and they don't play the 13th. Um, so that 11 was that 11 day layoff. I mean, that's, that's really, it's, it's just, 
it's not it's not good for any team coach or player to have to go through that many. Um, and Trotz even alluded to it earlier, but it feels like they they've started and stopped so many times. It's really hard to feel good about yourselves, and um, it just come. And this is a bad time, you know. They they finished December four two and four, which is you know which is good prior to what they were in November. Um, there was definitely progress, and you know they won their last two games. Uh, so maybe you start to feel like okay, you know. You know we're gonna get we're gonna get rolling here again. Um, got some guys off of COVID. You know Bovillier Parise came back. Uh, you know Ryan Pollock skating again, and it's like you know they're at a point now where maybe they start to believe inside that locker room. Well, you know here's our time to to make our run and you know and show that you know you know we're still the Islanders. You know don't don't discount us. Um, and now this uh, and it sucks. Um, it's just and it, I know we'll talk about Canada and Bar Talk, but. It's yep. not even because of, it's not even because of COVID. They're doing it because there's there are not enough fans that they're allowing right now. And uh, to me, that's just it's just it's, I don't Canada really needs to get their act together there because I don't I, I don't I don't get it. But um, from listen from revenue standwise, I mean the the league doesn't want these Canadian teams to lose money, so they're going to postpone these home games till later in the season when they can presumably um, have fans again. So. Uh, it just sucks that the Islanders came in a bad time. That they're this is their Western Canadian road trip now, you know. Um, so it is what it is. It's out of their control, but it's definitely frustrating for a fan. I can imagine how frustrating it is for the team and the coach. Phil, last word on this. Steve just botched everything with with the, not just the Islanders situation, but with the whole COVID situation in general. It it's just. Canada, need, like Anthony said, needs to step their game up. This is just unacceptable. And it's 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 just that it's not the way schedules work. Like, one of the goals of Mark on the Road is going to be that I have to go to every single arena and go visit them and see the fans, get the fan experience, get every, not just seeing Ranger games on the road, seeing any team on the road. So then let's say if I had those games scheduled, then I, I can't go to the game anymore. Because I think they have 250 in Calgary or something like that. There's one of those that are just so ridiculous. It's like, why bother having fans in <laughs> yeah, at all? Why yeah. bother at that point? Yeah. It's just glorified beer league then at that point. So then yeah. it's just – and if and and look, again, and, and we're dealing with all the different numbers that are around here. So we're not talking about that. But if the goal is to get to zero, it's never going to happen. Yeah. So just be a little bit more realistic. And there's another point that I'm going to make with that. When we get to the bar talk, so I don't the, the, out. Last, the last the last wrinkle I had that is you know some uh, you know Kevin Kerr's the Islanders' new beat writer suggested it. Um, it was talked about like I wonder if the league will at least try to reschedule some games for them in the meantime, so I don't have this break. And you know, Bill Daly said that he he didn't envision that happening, and um, I just shake my head because why? I mean, why not at least try even if even if it's only one game. Granted, one game in 11 days still is, isn't good. But So what are we going to have this season running on until September? You know, why not try to at least give them a game or two in the meantime? I mean – Right, and and, and they're, they're moving some games that are already existing right now. They moved the fly, yeah. the, the Toronto game for the Flyers. I put up the, yes. the meme on our uh, Instagram page today about trying to figure out what the Islanders' schedule is. Because also, by the way, that's not the way schedules work. And if you think the 13-game road trip to start the season was bad, wait till they reschedule the four West, West Coast uh, trip games, likely 
after the Islanders' three West Coast trip, uh, or before the three West Coast trip games that they have next month, and then you're talking about a seven-game West Coast trip, those players will want to kill themselves before it's over. So, <laughs> I, I, just again, good job, good NHL. You, you, you're really. And by the way, thank you, Justin. You know who you are when I say that. Best so, sport, worst league. Uh, I'm and and I am fired up about this. And Anthony's so fired up that he left. No, he's he's probably coming right back in in a second. Um. So, what do you guys think out there in Islander country? Uh, can any team succeed under this? I mean, even as even as uh, as as a hockey pundit, but as a Ranger fan, I'm kind of looking at the going. Jesus, I mean, enough is enough. It's too <laughs> much, man. It, it's just way too much. It's like when you watch somebody you want to see get their ass kicked and it's on the level of Jared Leto in Fight Club, then you then end up like not not me. I, I I never wanted him to stop punching Jared Leto. But it's uh it, it's like on that level where it's <laughs> you just want to destroy something. All right, guys. So we're gonna wait. We're Phil and I are gonna kind of kill another minute for Anthony to get back in. And uh once that happens, we're gonna go to bar talk. So but I mean, I, I just don't even even under these conditions. I have no idea how anybody can succeed under those conditions. That's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And the thing is, the Rangers, not the Rangers, the NHL. The NHL has got seven Canadian teams, so you got to abide by more of these like rules all over the place. It's just let's take let's 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 take a couple comments and just put them in here. Yeah, it's. It's just you have the stuff that's going on with with the NHL, and then the uh, and then I, I know I'm, I'm a little off topic here. I'm not, I'm a, not a nugget. It, it, I it's it's an Owen Hart thing. It, it, oh, okay. <laughs> John, John's comment was enough is enough, and um, Owen Hart's theme song the, opens up with a clip of him saying that, and then I commented with the other part of it where it says, "and it's time for a change." And then I, I, the rest of his theme song, there's bits from him. And then one of the bits says, I'm not a nugget because he used to say <laughs> that when he was getting booed and stuff like that. <laughs> now, by the way, I do have to say Rob Manfred is definitely the worst of the, of the commissioners now, Oh my God! Uh, but Man, Adam Silver is right behind him. Roger Goodell's right behind him. And I mean, I, I, that almost elevates Gary Bettman to the best commissioner in the league. And then the Chicago incident happens. So, yeah. uh, it's there's so many of those things that you're just oh hold on I gotta get Anthony a new code because I think he's going to his laptop. Yeah, um, it, it's it, just I don't I don't know. I, well, I don't need to even need the code when I'm on my laptop. How the hell does he need the code? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's just it, and you know I you're right about this. Life needs to go on. At, at some point, no matter what, no matter what your views are on all this, life's gonna have to go on. Eventually, we're going to have to learn how to live as a normal society again, and that's that's. There's no way around it. Every single year, I always joke around and say i I want to get, I want to go on a diet. I want to get back to my before Jackie weight. That was two girlfriends ago. And here we go. Uh, and, remember, all right, wait, 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 wait. Doing the boss croakers, and the bartender starts talking about his relationship problems. No, no, no. But it's just a reference point. It's a, it's a reference point. So I always try to get down to like one seventy is what I was when I was with her. Now it was, or before we started dating. So then I weigh about two hundred five. So it goes back and forth a little bit. Welcome back again, Aunt. 
Uh, <laughs> it goes back and forth a little bit, but I always go on a diet. I, I can get down to about 185, 183. That's where that's more acceptable to do that. Don't just don't just say, oh, we're just trying to get things down to zero because it's never going to happen. I mean, <sighs> I, I watched all that, guys. I watch every minute of Filks, good, bad and ugly every single time. So I know about all the jokes. It turned into a Mark Bash fest at the very end of it. I was just like, oh, God, I was like, you guys are ridiculous. But, yeah, I mean, it's again. There's the so many spectacular. It, it, it is. Going, it but... is quite spectacular. All right, and Mike, so, Mike, that's it. You got to You got to make it a lifestyle, not a diet. That's what I did. I have to. I I had to make my eating a lifestyle and my working out a lifestyle. It's not just a diet. Yeah, it's just a little bit difficult when I really still like food and I eat mostly late night because of my occupation. So I don't even eat that much late night, to be honest with you. But sometimes it just happens. Just bring in healthy snacks. Yeah. All right, guys. By the way, we are going to move on to Bar Talk right now. So let's go. I'm going to take a shot on this one. You're going to see beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh, my God. Welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you depressed and just need a shot? You so so, you'll have a beer. Are you so confident? You're buying everybody around. So let's see where we are, and let's start with this one to Mr. John Falkowski first. John, Filk, the Rangers should keep Mika Zibanejad high on the power play. We're talking along the near sideboards. Uh, yeah, the, the Panarin spot. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy a beer here. Um, I, I think they should do that. And then, um, just, you know, kind of work things out from there. I like Artemi Panarin in that spot, but, um, I think they need to experiment. I wouldn't mind seeing Mika Zibanejad play in the bumper either. I, I think that they have the, uh, the ability to do it. So let them, uh, let them experiment. And, uh, you know, if it's working for now, let it continue to go. Why fix something that's not broken? So going to beer here. I'm going to take this one, Anthony, first, and I'm going to say beer as well. The only reason why I'm going to say beer is because it wouldn't hurt giving teams different looks that they had to prepare for. The only problem that I have is that I would love it if there's some way both of them could be on the ice in that one spot at the same time, but they can't. Switching it up would be a good thing. The problem would be you're taking you, – just say the words. You're taking Artemi Panarin off power play one. It's not going to last that long. Yeah, and I'd love to get Kako in the middle, have a left-handed shot in the bumper. But, you know, it's it's something that that they're probably best with Panarin in that spot. Anthony. Um, I'm going to go beer. I, I, I will say, though, I think um, it's good to have one of your – Best, one of your best shooting players up high um, or in that bumper spot. Um, and then it's best to have your facilitators, you know, either along the wall um, or kind of down low. But Zibanejad is more useful where he could use his shot and he has a strong enough shot to play up high. Um, but again, also that, that bumper spot, it's good to have a guy in there who can shoot because you get you have him find that soft spot. Um, and then the release is huge and getting it on goalie. So, um but I also, you know, I'm not going around because I do think that it's good to kind of switch things up every now and then. Like you said, to give, make sure teams uh, can't just, you know, hone in on one look you have, make them adjust. Um, but 
uh, it's it'll be a beer for me on this one. And also, just to say this, yeah, I'm gonna go to you first. One last quick point before we move on from this one. The other night, um, when Chris Kreider scored that power play goal, they tried to force the one timer to Mika two times in a row, and then Fox went. They went back to Fox and they put the shot on net, and Kreider got the deflection. When you give them a different look, it it, it throws everything off for the penalty killers. You got to keep mixing it up. Yeah, and also I do have to say for this though, it did get Mika going. Uh, Panarin not being able to finish the Arizona game. Mika went up to that top spot, had the uh, the goal that tied the game. Kaka with the game winner, I think that came right after that. So it was something that just got the team going, and that's what it is. Anthony, we talked about him a minute ago, but we're going to talk about him again for the shorter segment, and that's the Islanders need to keep Kiefer Bellows in the lineup every day. Uh, if you know if he continues playing like this, uh, you, you gotta you gotta go with around here. Um, the only the only issue is that you know let's let's let, let's just call a spade a spade in hockey. You know what you make and stuff uh, money wise kind of really affects you know where you play and in the lineup and you play every day. So when Palmieri's back, um, even though he's got one goal, um, it's gonna be hard to keep a guy making you know five million. Uh, in the press box because there's really no other guy you could conceivably take him out for. I mean, may, maybe maybe Parise, but even though he's not scoring, he brings he brings too much to the table in terms of his you know his forecheck and his work on the penalty kill. So I I, I don't see that happening. So um, but you know as of right now, look, Keeper Bell's let's call it like it is. He's playing the best hockey of his young career. Um, and he's playing confidence, so to take him out right now would probably really uh, hurt him in that in that department. So you got to keep him in. Um, but the only thing is, Palmieri coming back kind of it makes me feel like it's not going to happen. But um, like I said, for now uh, he needs to stay in. So I'll say round. Talk. Um, I'm going with round and Shannon's uh, comment right here. It, it just it, you got to keep him in. I don't understand how you would take him out for Palmieri. I don't care what Palmieri is making. Palmieri's contract means nothing to me if he's not going to produce. And in this sport and in sports in general, it's got to work like a meritocracy. You look like a clown if you're going to sit there and you're going to bench guys like Wallstrom, like Bellows, like Dobson, and so on, and try to teach them lessons when guys like Bailey and Palmieri can play like crap night after night and not see a, a single minute off for it. So, you know what? Don't pull a David Quinn, Barry. Be smart. Play your best players. Play the guys that are playing right. And don't worry about the damn contracts. Round. And I'm buying a round two on this. Because, again, I've been touting that they should be playing Kiefer Bellows for like the last two or three seasons, never mind just right now. But your goal is to win the Stanley Cup. But right now, what's the other thing I said last week for the New Year's resolution? Get younger, get faster. You're not getting that with Kyle Palmieri. You're getting that with Kiefer Bellows. That's why the New York Islanders need to get back in there. Guys, over the weekend, uh, I, we were, we've been talking about how we're waiting to find out <laughs> if we got our press credentials for the All-Star game. But I also couldn't help but smile and think we could have been at the Winter Classic, which would have been negative nine to, or sorry, negative 10 degrees at opening faceoff. So, guys, the Winter <laughs> Classic is still the spectacle of the NHL regular season. Uh, it felt sorry. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's an outdoor game. It's a spectacle. It's a show. It, it's it, it's the NHL's version of grandstanding, basically. Uh, and, and good. You know what? It, it, when you have things like this, you can help grow the game this way. 
helps when the game is good. I mean, a little snow doesn't hurt, you know, so this way it adds to the, the aesthetic part of it. But um, they they do a good job in getting these uh, games out and, and getting them uh, played. And you know what? With the temperatures and the, and the fact that they had to heat up the ice a little bit, you know, it was a little tougher this year. So I'm, I'm buying around on this. All right. Anthony? Um, I'll go round, but I, I will say – I think with how they added the stadium series outdoor games to the mix over the last couple of years has, you know, took away the, the, I don't know, I Walker. guess. Yeah. From, from it. I like it better when it's just one, one a year. Uh, but regardless though, like Phil said, it still is, it still is a spectacle. The show they put on is nice. Um, you know, kids, you know, every hockey player will tell you, especially the ones in Canada that like playing on a pond outside was, you know, where their roots growing up. Um, so it, everyone loves it. The players love it. The, 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 most of the fans love it. Um, the one thing I will say, I love how they got creative and did the Lake Tahoe game last year. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to see them, you know, try to switch it up just a little bit, keep things fresh. Um, but you know, I, I love the winter classic every year. I look forward to it. Um, so that's why I'm going to go with a round, but yeah, you're right. Boy, it was cold. I mean, I saw a picture on Instagram of like people's beer really freezing, um it's yeah that 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 i mean playing let's say in like eight degree temperatures is probably brutal but can you imagine sitting there playing in a neg a game that when it's negative 17 degrees outside feel you know real feel negative 24 whatever it was um that's that's insane i think i i think we had practice when i was in high school because we played beth page ice rink back when it was outdoors and it was like like negative 10 with the wind chill and that, but that's still wind chill. I mean, there was still, I think like it was in the teens, I think. So it was, no, it's, it's, I can't imagine playing that. And it was cold with those days. Uh, I'm going to buy everybody around because I'll tell you what, they still do a great, better job with the winter classic. They do with the stadium series. And the other thing is that, you know, the stadium series, it exists because sometimes to get a Rangers Devils game or the Rangers Islanders, it's a little bit more small scale because yeah. especially back then, uh, I mean, the Islanders were in challenger for a Stanley Cup at that time. So it was great to have that. You were able to experiment, have Dodgers Stadium be a host for an outdoor game. Yeah. Those, those things are great. Now, um, I still would love to see a Florida uh, outdoor game. I don't know when that's going to happen, but. Hopefully they'll figure out a way to do that, or even if it's indoors, but trying to figure that out. Because you, you try you want to get everybody wants to host a winter classic. That's the way uh the winter classic itself. Now outdoor games, eh. But you know what? We gotta go to the team that had the first outdoor game, and that was the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton Oilers are going to miss the playoffs, boys. And you know something? I'm gonna start the timer and start this one myself. Yup. You're missing the playoffs. That, I mean, we're buying around all all throughout this show. Wow. It's just here's here's the thing. Wow. Miko Koskinen is bad. He's not the only problem. When if it's not McDavid and if it's not Drysidel, they don't win. And the Rangers made them look stupid the other night. Absolutely stupid. I am going so far to say that I don't know if Simeon Verlama is going to save them. I don't know if me, if um, Mark Andre Fleury is going to save them more on him in a second, but this, this team's got a lot more problems and it's not even Dave Tippett. They've got a real personnel problem. They got a makeup problem. Ken Holland's got his work cut out for him and it was already doing a terrible job. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> um, 
I'm I'm a really harsh critic to them right now, but I'm not going to say round just because if you look at the teams that are behind them by a couple of points, um, LA I think is one point behind them. Winnipeg's in tenth, I think, three points behind them. Um, you know, even the Canucks are in shouting difference uh, distance of them. But um, at the end of the day, I think McDavid and Drysaddle probably aren't enough to overcome the deficiencies to to win a Stanley Cup because um, playoff hockey is totally different. But I do think those two guys are good enough to perform in the regular season to carry them. Um, so I, I, I think they will get in. Um, but at this rate, I think they're going to be another easy out. Uh, and I just can't imagine what, how that's going to weigh on McDavid. And, you know, when, you know, the boiling point for him might come at some point. But, um, you know, I'm, I, I, right now they have a lot of issues. They're not good defensively. Um, after Nugent Hopkins, um, you know, they really need more help. Pooley Arvey's just kind of okay. Uh, they have, they have a lot of issues. I mean, we can go on for a while and talk about it. It's so all handed over to Phil, but, um, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say beer, but they're, they're not in a good spot. Phil, you have a fresh 65 seconds, but I hope you're not going to need all of it. Uh, it, it's just, uh, I don't trust Edmonton's defense. I don't trust the goaltending. I'm going to say beer. I'm going to start off just by saying beer but I don't trust their defense and goaltending. Um, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl were scoring at, a, at about two point-per-game paces earlier on in the year, and they carried that into, like, November, almost December. Now they're on pace for only 130 points. I know, only. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny word to say right there, right. But if you look at the teams that are chasing them, like Anthony said, you, you look at it, Winnipeg is right behind them with a game in hand and only one point behind. Look at their goaltending. Connor Hellebuck. And that, that, that's a Vezina winner right there. The, uh, I mean, I trust him a lot more than I trust either. With games in hand, if I recall correctly. Uh, no, they have only have one game in hand on Edmonton. Still one point in that. It's, so. it's one point, one game in hand. And then right behind them, though, that, I mean, the thing is with Winnipeg, do you trust their defense? I don't know if I trust Winnipeg's defense. Uh, L.A., I don't trust their goaltending. I don't trust their defense. Uh, and San Jose, I don't trust their goaltending. Their defense and their play is good, but I do not trust their goaltending to save their lives. And Vancouver, even though they're better under Boudreaux, what do we call Boudreaux? The Marty Schottenheimer of the NHL. And why? Because he never can figure out defense. Even though they're improved, they're still a bad defensive team. So yeah. I, I think Edmonton can make it. I, I just I think it might be by the skin of their teeth, and they're a first-round exit again. And we thought the Jack Eichel situation is going to get ugly. Watch it, Edmonton, if you don't make the playoffs and win around this year. So I almost, I, I almost salivated that thought. But so, oh, and by the way, I'm sorry, guys, I forgot to say this: Edmonton Oilers two seven and two in their last eleven games. Moving down from, uh, I don't know if you can actually move a greater distance. Two, the two eight and two in their last twelve. Wow. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Huberdo is a front runner for the Hart Trophy. Mr. Fikowski, I got to go to you on this. Fourth in the NHL in scoring. He has um, 42 points in 33 games, including 11 goals. Um, he's only 11 points behind Connor McDavid, who plays a lot of power play time with Leon Dreisaitl, who was also number two. And then Alex Ovechkin is number three, also with 50 points. But you ask me, it, it, he's got to be. I, I'm buying a round on this. It, 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 I, you could talk about Alexander Ovechkin and what he's doing for the Capitals. You could talk about McJesus and Dreisaitl. But with Alex Barkov missing the time he's missed, 
Jonathan Huberto has got to be a front runner for the heart right now. He is playing so damn good and he's improved his defensive game and his game along the boards and everything. He just rounded himself out to a great player, a really, truly great player. So uh, I'm buying around. Anthony. Um, I'm going to go round two because I, I at, like right now, um, my three finalists at the season ended today for the, for the heart um, would be, would be McDavid, Huberto um, and Ovechkin um, and AZ actually, he just brought up Troy Terry. I, I was just going to say Troy Terry is kind of like a dark horse MVP candidate right now. I mean, he's, he's, he, he's been nothing short of sensational in Anaheim, but um, I, I have too many guys ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's not take anything away from Troy Terry. Troy Terry, you know, kind of, it's kind of doing what like Drysdale and Zegers came up. People talking about them a couple of years ago when when Terry and Steele were coming up for Anaheim. It's kind of a similar situation. And for a while, you thought, okay, well maybe maybe they got it wrong with Terry, even though he's a fifth round pick. But um, he's he's really been sensational. But to back to the question, Huberto has been the Panthers' best player in my opinion. Um, I think he's just as valuable as Barkoff, um, and I think he, you know he should be a finalist when it's all said and done. Yeah. You, you guys have convinced me to upgrade. I was just going to say beer, but you know what? I'm going around because I I haven't seen that him dominating the games as much as he has, but the, according to what you guys have said, numbers are there, and uh, I, I got to hand it to him for, ta- uh, for stepping up when uh, Barkov was out. And that's – I mean, you can get an MVP in Florida. <laughs> I mean, that'll certainly help that market. Because it was great to see them play the Rangers this week and hearing Panther fans excited, not just when Ranger fans were were getting excited because there were goals getting scored. All right, going to a guy who is on an expiring contract and could change a lot. Mark Andre Fleury will change the balance of power in the Western Conference. Filk, start it off. The, I mean, he can he can definitely help. Uh, I mean, he can help a team like Edmonton make the playoffs, possibly even win a round. I mean, if, if Flurry can steal a series for them, he would help. But again, does Edmonton give up the pieces that Chicago might want for Flurry? I know he's really at the end of his career, and but he's still a very very good goaltender. Still one of the upper echelon goalies in the league. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say. I'm going to say beer only because the way the words balance of power and change balance of power mean like just completely turn the tide for a a, a team. I don't know if he does that, but he definitely helps. So beer. Anthony. I'm actually going to go. I'm actually going to go shot only because I think even if he went to a team like Edmonton, um, I don't think it would cause the Oilers to all of a sudden be, you know, favorite and, you know, kind of go all the way in the West. Um, I, I think he can make a team that needs goaltending uh, better, but I don't think it's going to be anything drastic where he's going to go save a team um, and really, you know, upset the the balance of power in, in the Western Conference. So um, not taking anything away from him. At his age, he's, he's still a good goalie, but I don't think he can have that type of impact. I'm going to go shot as well uh, because I went through the Western Conference teams. And as I said before, I have no faith in the Edmonton Oilers anymore. So let's just get that done. Except that one guy that called in on good, bad, and ugly. 
check that out, guys. And uh, the, the the Oilers, as far as, as they go, they're the ones that badly need a goalie. Uh, Colorado could use them, but they need Darcy Kemper to go down in order for that to happen. So who knows? And I kind of could see it, possibly the Carolina Hurricanes trying to upgrade the goaltending <laughs> when it gets over. And they're in the Eastern Conference, so that's another reason why I would switch. But again, uh, Chicago's got to look to move Marc-Andre Fleury. Otherwise, I mean, you got him for nothing, and he's going to cost you. Guys, I keep talking about this all the time, and Anthony, I'm going to start with you on this. Kale McCarr, did you see that goal the other night? Yeah, wow, yeah. Right? That, that's, that's a ridiculous move. Kale McCarr will win the Norris Trophy this season. Um, You know, I, I think I think I'm going to go around because I, I feel like it's just a matter of time before this guy wins a Norris. Um, and he's, he's, I think he's easily the best offensive defenseman um, in the league. Um, maybe, uh, I guess, maybe Yossi is up there. Um, but I think Makar is the most talented and most skilled defensive offensively, uh, def- offensive defenseman in the league. Adam Fox, we all know how great he is. He won the Norris, um, you know, last year. I think he's better than, than Makar defensively um but i just think with the way mccarr is playing this year i think it's only a matter of time where he gets enough votes to win it um and to win a and to win a norris trophy back to back would be really hard hasn't been done you know in a while um i think fox will win more norris trophies in his career um but i i just feel like this this year mccarr's name is ticketed all over it to win um you know he's he's one of the best five skaters without considering position skating in the league. Yeah. For my money. Um, and he's just really, really good. But that move, that that goal granted he beat a fo- It was a forward Kirby doc who was on him there, not a defenseman, but still, I mean, he, he, he just embarrassed doc. Um, and then he just, just totally just, you know, fake flurry out of his shoes. I, I haven't thought Flurry had the angle, too, on him, but he just beat him. Bilk? Yeah, he's easily the best offensive defenseman in the league, but his defensive game lacks. And he also plays on a pretty stacked team, so I think that's going to take away votes from him. Uh, if you ask me, he's not the most important player on that team, and he's far less important to his team than Adam Fox is to the Rangers, Victor Hedman is to the Lightning, and Roman Yossi is to uh, the National Predators. So I'm saying a shot on this. Um, he, the, point, he, the points are going to be there. He, he's going to get votes. I think he finishes probably top five in voting, but I don't think he finishes as a finalist. So. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with what I said at the beginning of the year, and I'll say it again. I'm buying everybody around on this because – I think the Canadian press wants to give Kale McCarr the Norris Trophy hell or high water this year, and it doesn't matter if Adam Fox is better. It doesn't matter if Victor Hedman is having a resurgence season or Roman Yossi or all these other guys that are having great years. They want to give it to Kale McCarr because he doesn't have one yet. And then they see a play like this, and they go, oh, he's got 18 goals, I think, right now. I forgot to look it up. Goals. How much? 14. 14, okay, because I know he had 13. But, He's over a so, point per game. So. Right. So, you know what? Just They're, they're going to try to give it to him. It's it's Adam Fox this year, by the way. But, by the way, it's, there's other guys that are within mentioning of this, including Aaron Ekblad. 
who should really be able to say something about that. Aaron Ekblad's another one. I think Aaron Ekblad's probably going to be top five. I think there's going to be a ton of competition in this top five this year. All right. And our last topic of Bar Talk today, guys. Canada's virus policies are going to cost a Canadian team a shot at the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Mr. LaRocco, I got to go to you after you make that reaction. Uh, well, yeah, because I just disagree with the policy so much. However, I actually, believe it or not, I actually think this is a shot because, yes, you know, no, you know, no fans, you know, relates to, you know, not maybe giving the teams extra boost of momentum, winning games leads to points. So I, I get why you're seeing that. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I don't, I think these, these Canadian teams are eventually going to get these games that are postponed, um, later in the season when they can have fans. So I think they are going to get played in front of, you know, at least half full buildings. Um, but I don't think any of these Canadian teams are going to win the Stanley cup regardless, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, it sucks. I think they're, they're really silly. Like the Winnipeg Jets, um, I know Phil, uh, Mark, earlier you mentioned if it was the 250 fans, it wasn't Calgary. I think it was Winnipeg that had that, which is totally pointless. But yeah, the 250, you know, 1,000 fans, you know, half capacity, it's all just so silly. I, I, I get it. Cases are up. But, you know, it's not as this strain, if you want to call it, it's not as serious as some of the prior ones. Um, people, more than majority of the people are vaccinated. So I don't see why you're continuing not letting people live their lives. Um, but in terms of the on ice, I really don't think it's going to make any Canadian team, you know, miss their shot at the cup because for a couple of games, you know, they had to play in front of no fans or limited fans. Phil, I'm going to say um, shot because of the fact that I, I just don't think that I, like Anthony said, I don't think any of the Canadian teams are going to win. I think Toronto and Calgary have the two best chances at winning the cup for a Canadian team. But I, I don't know if I see either of those teams making it all the way. Uh, Toronto's improved uh, big time defensively and Calgary it plays a really, really strong defensive game, but they, they need help offensively. They need, they need scoring depth out, outside of like uh, Gaudreau and Kachuk and Lindholm in order to take that next step. Monaghan has become a, a nothing player. So um, I, I don't see either of them doing it. So I'm going to just say shot on that alone. Okay. And I've done this way too often and I propose this question, but I'm buying everybody around because I'm going to go back to what, one of the lines I said before you can switch around games. You can delay games. You can say you can get to get them back uh, later in the season. That's not the way schedules work. There's reasons why guys sit down in office, carefully construct these schedules before the season. I was talking about the New York Islanders before that likely I'm thinking next month, they're going to have a seven game West coast trip. You might as well shoot the players. That's the way it's going to be. And you know, something wait until the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and all the other teams that are dealing with the, the postponements, the swapping of games in and out. Here's a good question for you. Why is it okay for them to play in America, but not in Canada? Huh? Why is, why is that fine? So is this player safety or is this, this is just madness. If it was about player safety and about public safety, you'd cancel the games altogether. But they certainly want the money. 
They, they want their cake and eat it too. And it's stupid. And you know what? I hope, I hope I'm not censored by Facebook on uh, whatever uh, YouTube for this, but it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And if I'm, if, if I'm uh, Austin Matthews, if I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and they're actually good this season, they were, they were in the top five for a while. Even with Jack Campbell, and he's got a maximum of the 30 games played in this season, 36, I think it is. Then, I mean, and you're thinking maybe you got a shot at a cup, and then you have politicians come around and take it away from me. I'd be pissed the hell off. And you know what? I'm pissed off, and I don't even have a horse in this race. So, anyway, Justin, rethink the policies. So, any event. Do you guys agree with me? Am I just an idiot on a rant? Yes, but that's a different story. And uh, are are the Rangers, should they keep Zibanejad in that Panarin spot? Keeper Bell should play every single night. Throw it all down in the comments below. Winter Classic, is it still great? I'll answer that for you. It is. So just remember, please like, share, and subscribe. Yes, always like, share, and subscribe. And sorry, I am just I am just on a roll at the moment, Someone boys. Wound up. Yeah, but <laughs> hey, guys, we've got some honest press conferences we're going to do today. Hmm. So let's get that going. And it's very appropriate for the man who we feature in the video intro. Connor, just can you give me your sense of kind of where, where the group is at? Once again, my teammates come up short. I mean, what's next for him to do? Play goal? <laughs> and honestly, he's gonna have to play goal, play defense. It's, I mean, but the, the next there is the next move he can do. He's gonna request a trade, guys. It's coming. Uh, welcome to Honest Press Conferences, where we say what all those executives, coaches, or players would love to say out loud. So we're gonna start with someone whose team has really been jerked around. He's our first three-time participant, <laughs> and it's Mr. Anthony Loraco as Big Lou. Oh, God. Hi, Mark. Um, thanks for actually calling me this time and, you know, having the having the balls to actually speak to me without, you know, sound like a starter, an idiot, and then hang up. But um, I'm glad uh, I'm glad to be here on the show. Um, you know, my team, you know, there's no doubt that uh, the schedule hasn't been kind to us. Um, between the 13-game road trip and then the amount of days off we've had, postponements with COVID, um, and now this latest halt with our trip to Western Canada, as well as the game against Seattle being canceled due to Canadian protocols. Um, but, you know, we're, we're at a time where we feel good about ourselves. We're getting healthier. Um, a lot of guys came off COVID protocol. You know, Ryan Pollock has, has resumed skating, uh, so hopefully he'll be joining us uh, soon. Um, and we're going to be, you know, totally healthy um, for the first time since really the beginning of the year, uh, you know, a couple of games after we come back and start playing again. Um, but we got to take it one day at a time. I know we've um, we haven't met expectations. A lot of uh, members, you guys in the media, have, you know, predicted our club to, you know, reach the, the Stanley Cup finals again. Um, I believe strongly in Barry, my coaching staff and my players that we actually can still do that. Um, you know, it's just a matter of stringing together a bunch of wins. Uh, I've liked our play in the month of December um, and the last couple of games before, um, you know, our, our recent pause here. Uh, and, you know, I'm Big Lou. Um, despite where we are in the standings, uh, I know where 
our deficiencies are. I'm going to be looking to add to this team because I, I still think uh, we can make the playoffs and do some damage. Uh, but I'm also not going to sacrifice the future to do that because um, you always have to keep in mind an eye on the future to be successful on this team in this league for a long period of time. So, um, yeah, I would, I wish I was, you know, a different place in the standings right now. Um, but I, I think we have a good hockey club, a lot of veterans that, that know how to win and know what have to, know what they have to do to get out of the hole that we dug ourselves earlier in the year. But, um, I'll take some questions from you guys right now. Lou, um, with everything that's going on and having the cancellation of this latest Canadian trip, how does that affect the team going forward? And how hard is it really to, to build up a winning streak and, and get some momentum, especially after the December that your team had? Well, it's it's no question it affects our ability to, to keep that momentum sustained that we had going. Like you mentioned, our December record, um, we, I felt good about our club. Uh, we were 4-2-4. and four. It showed progress. Um, from what we played like in November. Um, I liked how we looked the last two games where we pulled out some wins. Um, like I said, we're getting healthier. Um, but, yeah, there's no doubt this pause kind of hurts that momentum that we started to get. But, again, we have a veteran group. Um, they're working hard in practice. Uh, you know, Lane Lambert is filling in for Barry right now, but he's working them hard. Um, but the players are still loose out there. You know, they're having fun. Um, and the younger guys, the younger guys kind of just are learning from the veterans I know for them it's probably a little harder to have this break of, of not playing any games, but um, they're dedicated. And we have guys like Zidane Chara, um, you know, Zach Parise, who can really, you know, kind of lean on them right now during this tough time. Um, but, yep. um, sorry, I think uh, I think some of my some of my hitmen set off an alarm here in the house. But uh, actually, I think they were heading to Mark's house in about an hour from now. Um, but. You know, again, it's all about controlling what we can control. And uh, hopefully once we start playing again, we can continue our play that we had the last couple of weeks. Lou, I know you're excited to, to hear from me right now. But uh, what do you think about those young players and how they've been performing in the lineup for you? Mark, first, before I answer that question, how did you even get my telephone number? I, I was I was I got it from a producer friend of mine who told me it was Marty St. Louis. So, oh, oh, hmm. okay. My mistake, well, Lou. My mistake. <laughs> yeah, don't let it happen again. Um, can yes, you ask, yes, sir. Can, can you ask the question again? Uh, yeah. How about the young players? And how do you, or which of the young players are you excited about? Oh, I, um, I love, I love the game of, of Noah Dobson. Uh, we were patient with Noah. Uh, we had a plan in place with him from the, from the moment we drafted him. Um, we have high hopes for him, and we think that he's going to achieve uh, big things in this league. Um, bringing in Zidane Char was was one of the things I had in mind when you know I saw what Zidane did for Charlie McAvoy in Boston. They stapled him to with, with Big Z for a while, learned the ropes, um, and I saw how he can do something similar for Noah Dobson here on Long Island. Uh, and Dobson has flourished. Uh, part of that's due to his God-given talent, but also from learning from a veteran like Zidane, who's been around and seen a lot. Um, you know, Z Oliver Wallstrom, uh, Barry Trotz has, has brought his game along. I know sometimes, you know, he's, he still has some deficiencies that Bowery would like to see get cleaned up, but there's no doubting his ability to shoot the puck. Um, you know, I, I would say he's, he's one of our best pure shooters on the team. 
Uh, and this is a guy that I think that, you know, we can eventually play on the top line and, you know, score 30 goals in this league. He has the release to do it. Um, Kiefer Bellows, um, you know, I know some may have thought he's been lost in the shuffle the last couple of years, uh, but, you know, added with his time on ice and his growing confidence, uh, I like what I see from him. Um, you know, we have guys throughout the lineup. Uh, I've, I've liked what I've seen some from Sebastian Ajo in his short time, his skating ability. Um, so, you know, we, we're confident in our young guys going forward this year uh, and in the future. We have a young core of players, and I, I look to hopefully add to that in the next couple of drafts because uh, I, I, I'm a big believer that building through and developing your own talent is crucial in winning in this league, but um, I'm also not afraid to, you know, make a trade. Uh, to bring in some talent from the outside. But um, overall, believe it or not, I, I do feel good about our hockey club. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that we can get on a run here and get back into a playoff positioning. Um, and Mark, um, member again, I can't say it enough, please do not call me randomly ever again. Um, as, you know, I, I, have, I have a lot of things going on and I can't having nobody's call me, you know, at three o'clock in the afternoon and, kind of sound like um daffy duck with the stuttering uh you know just be just be a man and, you know say who you are and uh you know our, our first conversation would have gone over a lot better but um i'm always i'm always happy to come on this show and talk to you guys all right lou thank you very much all right lou amarillo everybody and uh a guy that made a lot of headlines this week mika zabanejad and his his task falls to me. Just going to activate this. All right. Hey, I don't know if you guys heard, but Artemi wasn't exactly feeling that great, pretty much since the Arizona game. So uh, we took a timeout, and Gerard walked up to me and said, yo, can you step up for us? And I said, don't worry. I got this. I'm going Super Saiyan. And that's what I did. Kamikamika! So... I don't know if I said that right, but whatever. I'm <laughs> Swedish and nine other thousand things. Oh, man, I'm DJ Z bad. That's what I do. And that's why I wear this shirt that's going to be available on BigAppleHockeyStore.com once it's ready. So it's just that's what I had to do. Now I'm scoring goals. Now I got a lot of confidence. And all I have to say for Tampa is you're lucky I didn't score five. Motherfuckers. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm ready to take questions already. I don't need to make any more long-winded statements because I'm pretty sure the guy after me is going to be saying a lot of stuff. So, Mika, uh, with everything that's going on with your uh, recent resurgence and uh, your improved play, uh, do you think that you've finally taken back that uh, that far bo uh, near board spot up high from Artemi Panarin? You know, <clears throat> look. As one thing I know I could do is clap bombs from that spot at any point. By the way, clapping bombs is a segment that's on Big Apple Hockey, hosted by the man down below. But I got to say, as much as I can bomb that shot, I'm going to be okay going back to the middle, going back to the bumper. People forget something. I had a 42-goal season in that spot. Artemi's an MVP guy. Look, I'll do whatever the team wants me to do because I'm DJ Z-Bad. And that is my DJ name. Do you got a question for me, Isles boy? Uh, yes, uh, Mika. Um, as you know, 
uh, you are not going to play in the Olympics, nor is any other NHL player. Just as someone who is going to be a core piece of that Swedish team, um, how disappointed are you that uh, you are not going to the Olympics to represent your country? It is actually very disappointing because, after all, I was able to score a golden goal back when I was in uh, junior hockey for Sweden. And I I was really looking forward to trying to bring home a gold medal for the team from the Olympics. But, you know, the goal is to go win the Stanley Cup, and that's, that's what it's going to be. And as soon as we win a Stanley Cup and bring it down to Madison Square Garden, I know I'll never have to buy a drink in New York City ever again. And they can be pretty expensive. So that's... That's what I do know about that. Just ask Mark Messier. Which one would you rather do? All right. Guys, thank you very much. It was quick, but it was good. And you know what? Just like me. Bombing out. Thanks, Mika. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know how to conclude that little part. So I needed to take away the Mark as Mika's advantage ad. But uh, before I, I got back to me, end scene, if you will. All right. We got one more guy to talk to, and his team is very much struggling. And that's Mr. John Volkowski is Connor McDavid. Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> uh, it would, yeah, it would help if you actually uh, put the cameras and the microphones over here, buddy. Uh, you know, this is not how you, <laughs> this is how you really screw up a press conference to, from the get go, right? Just like my team screws up everything. You know, aside from Leon, what do I have? Tyson Barry? Yeah, cool. Learn how to play defense, buddy. You suck at it. And then you have uh, the two the two clowns in net. What are that? Coxonen Co- and Co- whatever his name is. And then uh, uh, you have uh, that other guy that's old, as old as dirt itself, um, Smith. Yeah. Learn, learn how to play net because you guys can't. You guys both suck. And you know what would be nice? If other players on this team, aside from Leon and I, could actually score, you know, and, and give us some sort of support. I mean, Nugent Hopkins, here and there. Yeah, okay. Yamamoto, you were a first-round draft pick. Start playing like one. Zach Cassian, what do you do other than fight and check? Do you, do you know how to score? Do you, do you know what offense is? Do you know how to spell offense, buddy? Oh, that's right. You can't skate. Ah, that's the problem. You can't skate. Maybe I should teach you some skating lessons in the offseason, you know, help, help, help turn those legs, get them going. Yeah, that would help, right? Yeah. And you know what else would help? If I had a general manager that knew how to construct the team and help build it up the defense and the goaltending and not sign Cody Cece, who is an absolute dumpster fire of a defenseman, and bring in – how do you trade assets for Duncan Keith? who looks like he's going to be the crypt keeper in about two years. What are you doing, Holland? Your tenure in Detroit towards the end of it was horrendous. And now you come here and you sabotage my chances of ever winning a Stanley Cup? You know what? When this season ends, you better trade me. I'm pulling a Dennis Lemieux. And for anybody who doesn't know who that is, go watch Slapshot, you morons. I guess I'll take some questions. <laughs> well... I got uh, some Jack Eichel vibes there. <laughs> uh, you think? Oh, you're getting Jack Eichel vibes because Jack Eichel was just as annoyed as I was at my team's <laughs> stupid management. No, oh, let's bring in Ken Holland. Oh, he's such a genius. Right. That's why he sabotaged Detroit for the last near 10 years. But, yeah. 
look at look at what happened. It took Steve Eiserman to come in and reset everything for them to become a better team. Mark, you go. Okay. Jack, if this team does not win a playoff series, are you going to request a trade? You just called him Jack. Oh, sorry, what Jack. Is, Jesus. What are you doing? You're calling me Jack? <laughs> you know what? In my I notes, I was thinking you're right just now, like Jack Eichel you're right now. You're calling me Jack Eichel? Are you kidding? I'm the best damn player in the world, and I'm the most skilled player to ever play this game, and you're calling me Jack Eichel? What the hell well, is wrong with you? Well, you are kind of starting to Jack. sound like him a little bit. <laughs> oh, I sound like Jack Eichel? You sound like a moron. You sound like you don't you don't deserve the job you have. Yeah. Not, yeah. not even sure and if it's sound, a job, but I'm not like making money. You sound like my teammates. Oh, here, Connor, here's the puck. Let me just sit back and watch you. You do all the work, Connor. We'll take some credit. <laughs> yeah, Jack Eichel, Jack Eichel can't hold my jock on his best day. And this front office can't build up a team. So now I'm stuck here in the middle of Siberia where the weather is garbage for the vast majority of the year, hoping that one day my team can find the balls to trade me to somewhere. And you know what? I'm probably going to request a trade because I'm tired of this garbage. It's madness. It's stupid. It's nonsense. I'm tired of it. I've given you how many chances to build up a team. I almost carried you guys to the Western Conference Finals in my second year in which I won the scoring trophy and the MVP. Hi, hi. If my career ended today, I would be a Hall of Famer and there's nothing you can do about it. So suck it. Um, yeah, it, it's time for it's time for me to move on if nothing changes with this team. So I, I probably will be requesting one after this season because I'm sick and tired of this garbage. Um, Connor, it, a lot of uh, media talk about, you know, you and Leon Dreisaitl, you know, one and two in scoring, um, kind of like, you know, Batman and Robin. Uh, what, what's your relationship with like, with him like, um, you know, and, and do you guys, you know, think it's fun kind of battling out to see who can win the, you know, Art Ross or, you know, who is the most valuable is? And um, does that kind of add a little more fuel for you, that extra fun factor playing with him? Yeah, he's the Messier to my Gretzky, basically. Yeah, you could say Batman and Robin, of course. Yeah, basically. Yeah, Le- Leon thinks that he can he can stay with me, but I'm the better player. I don't. I shouldn't have to whisper that, right? I'm the better player, and it, it, it's it's the case. And I don't care about Leon's, you know, MVP in in 2020 and a scoring trophy in 2020. Great for him. Great job. You know what? You had a great year. I missed some time that year. <clears throat> And I was still on a on a close two points per game pace that year. So, buddy, did you see what I did last year? Over 100 points in 53 games. 105 points was that? Yeah. It's kind of like Mario Lemieux 1996-97 numbers right there, right? Because it is. Because I'm that damn good. And don't you ever forget it. Because I am heaven sent. I am McJesus for a reason. And if this team wants me to stay here and wants me to help bring them back to the glory days of Gretzky and Messier, then you know what? Maybe they should go and uh, start building this team up because they don't know what they're doing. They hired an incompetent dolt to come in and, you know, build up this team. And what does he do? He brings in two of the worst in the league. I don't know how Duncan Keith was supposed to help out. What was he supposed to do? 
give us pep talks in the locker room before the game and reminisce about 2010, 2013, and 2015. That's great. That doesn't help us now, jackass. Um, but yeah, I, I'm tired of this. Give, give me, give me something to work with. Go get Mark Andre Fleury if you want to do that. That might help. But go get a damn defenseman. Why didn't you sign Alex Petrangelo when he was available? Durr. Yeah, that was a dur before whoever asked in the comments section. I saw you. <laughs> All right. Con- Connor, obviously this is a very tough time for you, but we're going to let you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, hope you enjoyed New York. Yeah, you know I, I, what? Ho- I hope I enjoy New York too. Hopefully it's better than the shit weather Siberia here. <laughs> I noticed... I noticed a lot of the a lot of the comments on that when you're doing that, people say come, you know, come, Rangers or whatever. But when you really think about it, a McDavid a McDavid trade to your team, it's honestly it's it's not real. It's really almost not worth it. And I said because you know how much you would have to give up to get him. So I know like a lot of the Ranger fans here would be above the moon to get Connor McDavid. But you realize you're talking like guys like Adam Fox. You're not talking like you know Zach Jones, Niels Lundqvist, and no. you know Phil Pedel. The trade would be the trade would cost so much. It's almost not worth it to trade for him. That that's my view. If he ever asks for a trade, I don't yeah. I don't see I don't see how any team can trade for him and keep foundational pieces to keep you competitive. You know in in the future. So how how do you ever think of a Connor McDavid trade could ever be worth it to the Oilers? That, it's well, never going to be worth it. For, for there's no for, way you can get enough pieces to replace Connor McDavid. I mean, for yeah, that's why for either side it would be it would be really it would be really tough to do. It's like so if you want if you want Mc, if you want McDavid, um, your best chance is hope you know he plays out his contract and you could sign him in free agency. Um, and I know, you know, Roman Cello just wrote he would trade Fox for McDavid, but that's fine. It's Fox, but it's a lot. It's a lot more than Fox. It's it's that's what I'm saying. It's it's not. It really it really almost it really almost wouldn't be worth it to trade for him. He's he's that good. He's the best. Like Phil said, he's the best player to to ever play the game skill wise. He's the best player in the league. Um, so if you want to trade for Connor McDavid, yeah, yeah, Fox, Tristurkin, whatever else. But then, yeah, what do you have after that? No goaltending, and you have holes in your lineup everywhere else. I mean, it doesn't. Whoever is going not, to be offering a trade for him when he requests a trade, and I think it's going to happen, is, uh, and I do like so far what I'm reading on that one, Nick, <laughs> is that whoever's going to be one of the teams that he requests a trade to, they're operating from the position of strength. Just sit back, twiddle your thumbs, and hope you get away with just Peyton Kreps, Alex, uh, Alex, um, Leon Dreisaitl uh, gets traded before Connor yeah. McDavid does. Yeah, yeah I know. Never. But if, if McDavid gets frustrated enough, he might want out. I think Leon Dreisaitl gets traded before he does. I, 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 don't, I just, I think he's the McDavid's the better player. He's younger, and you know, honestly, Leon Dreisaitl's next contract is going to be massive. And yeah. you, you know what? He, he's going to be worth every penny that he gets. But how can they afford? those two contracts. So yeah. one of those yeah. guys has got to go. You got to keep the better one. And it's, McDavid. I still can't believe that by the way, you got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. They're barely staying alive in the eight spot right now. They can't win a playoff series and they're just going to waste these two guys. Oh I think, my goodness. 
I think he, if he ever did ask to be traded, I think it would be best to trade him. Because again, if you're gonna if if you're gonna trade him for a bunch of pieces, it's just gonna like. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if you're gonna trade McDavid, it's probably better that for him to trade him to like Colorado for Nathan McKinnon rather than trading him to the Minnesota Wild for you know for eight pieces. Because I don't think you're gonna get I don't think you're gonna get the value. But, but why? But why would Edmonton do that though? Because then at that point you're trading for an older player that's also going to require a massive, massive contract in, what, two years? That makes no yeah. sense for me. Yeah. And, and, really, and this it, is it. Edmonton is a two-player team, two great players, and a load of crap. That, and that's the problem. You're, you're, Nugent Hopkins has not become the number one overall pick that he should have been. He's been, what, a 60-point player? That's a guy that should be a, a point-per-game player or, or better. With, with his draft pedigree. And he was a good player in, in at the top of a, a pretty good draft. And then your, your defense. I need more from Bouchard. We're yeah. broker. Uh, I mean, they don't know how to draft defense. They don't know what goaltending is. They passed on, uh, <laughs> on Jesper Wallstead. Yep. They have no idea what goaltending is. When was the last time they drafted a good goaltender? Bill Ranford? Like, uh, drafted. Oh, because Cujo won him a playoff series. Yeah, but Cujo uh, Tommy Sala won him a playoff series. Tommy Sala Dwayne Rolison won him three playoff series. None of them were drafted by them. Yeah, my people were effort. Devin Dubnik I, was a good goalie, but not with them. I, I I would I would think that if I don't I don't think it will come this year. You, even if they miss the playoffs or no. if they go out in the first round, but I think if if. If next year they also they also fail, I think that's when maybe maybe he would request a trade. I, I would really, really, really be I know we make jokes, but I would really be shocked if he if he requested a trade at the end of this year. I, I would. I don't, um, I don't think it's there. I, I'm saying it's it's coming. If it's not this year, because we said it we said this with Eichel last year. And then by the way, we're gonna do some editorials in a second. But by, by if, the way. Drysidle has a modified no uh, a modified uh, ten team trade list that kicks in after this season. So if they wanted to move Drysidle, um, the time would be now. I don't think they would do it, but I could honestly see them moving Drysidle before McDavid. How many years does he have left on his deal? Three years left on his deal, eight point five million, and, yeah. and he's he's that's a steal. That's that's yeah. That is that, the yeah. best contract in the league, bar none. Yeah, yeah, because he's putting up David like numbers for three to four million dollars less. Million. It's 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 stupid. That's one of the best contracts signed ever, probably. And it, and it, and, th- and in three years, that contract he's gonna make. Mu- I think he's gonna make much more than than twelve and a half on his next contract. I think he's he's gonna make at least thirteen. Maybe 13 and a half. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. with the cap going up. Yeah. Yep. Because I don't I don't know how you could justify 14 million in, in, in this day and age, but you could definitely make a case for 13. Well, guys, so what do you think, by the way, with the honest press conferences? You think that Connor McDavid is justified to be as frustrated as he is? I think Mika Zibanejad <laughs> is getting a little bit too confident, and you think Lou is gonna have Gary Bettman and schedule makers uh, have to send him a horse's head. Throw it all in the comments down below. So, uh, Phil, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll go first. It's fine. Okay.
Guys, it's been a while, so welcome back to my Filkin opinion. Then there's no. I'm looking at you, Jim. I'm gonna hear the name and I'm gonna get PTSD. But the cream rise to the top for you. Yeah, um, it's been a long time since we uh, we did this, and it, it, it's the perfect time to do it because I see a lot of negativity going on on social media with Ranger fans and people complaining about this and that. And, and you know what? Just enjoy the moment. You know, for, for, for a night, the Rangers were first in the NHL. Can we just sit back and soak it in and enjoy it? Because it's just incredible to see a team that I, I predicted on this very show that would finish fourth in division. They'd barely make the playoffs and they'd be a first round exit. But if you would have told me that on January 4th, 2022, that they were first in the NHL, please, I, I would have laughed at you. I, I would have I told you that you should be locked up in a, an insane asylum. You should be committed. And it just—it's crazy to think about it. It's—I—I it, it, I love what I'm seeing from this team. Um, they're starting to push back the narrative that they can't beat good teams. They beat Edmonton. They were in a playoff position. They took back-to-back games from the Stanley Cup champions. Um, they had Florida on the ropes, and Florida came back and won. But you know what? They've, they've played well. They beat they beat in Toronto. And in the game that they lost against Toronto, that was one of their be- better games all season. So, you know what? Regardless of where this team finishes, just enjoy the damn ride right now. It, it, it's fun to watch. I know it's January. But you know what? Did anyone think we'd be here in January? No. And if you did, you're a liar. So, you know what? I'm going to sit back. I'm going to soak it in. I'm going to have fun. And I can't wait for tomorrow night against Vegas. Let's friggin' go Rangers. You know something, this team has crawled their way back in the competition and they've been a lot better. Like this is sort of and Anthony, you're going to bring up probably 2018, 2019 as a good comparison for this, for you, for you guys, but it's, it's just enjoy it. They're still improving. There's still work to do. And we're probably going to have more of that uh, conversation in the Q&A in a little bit. But it's, you, you know, they're, they're, they're in a good position. And I'm enjoying watching them. That's, that's the best part. You're watching your team win. Just relax. Everything's fine. Don't worry about the booch trade. Things are still working out from the booch trade. Anthony. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree with Silk when he says enjoy the moment because, um, you know, in, in sports, you know, we all we, we put a lot of stock into our teams. You know, we're not, we don't play on them. We're just fans. But, you know, it, it, we, we ride the highs um, and the lows. And, you know, in a time like this, when the Rangers are playing good, you got to cherish it because you never honestly you never know when the when the bottom can fall out. I mean, just speaking from the Islander fans perspective, you know, the last three years since Trotz took over, the Islanders are a very good team. You know, last two years they, you know, they went to the conference final. Last year they were they were a goal away from you know playing in overtime of Game Seven to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. And then you know this year, you know, obviously things can change, but it looks like they can't. They might not make the playoffs. So I guess the point is, you know, when you're good and you know you're playing well and it's fun, you got to enjoy it because you know you don't you don't know you know how long 
it will last in terms of being a good team and, you know, being excited to watch them play and whatnot. So, um, you know, the Rangers are off to a fantastic start, barring some sort of, of epic collapse that we haven't seen. And honestly, I can't really even think of one on the top of my head right now. Um, you know, the Rangers are going to make the playoffs. So um, just enjoy, you know, take, take the good with the bad, um, you know, and see where it takes you, but don't take it for granted. By the way, not to sound like a broken record or anything like that, but yeah, we've seen this epic collapse. It's happening right now with the Edmonton Oilers. Like this team is just, they, they looked like they were on their way to winning that division and that they were only going to make the playoffs. I, I don't think they're making the playoffs. I really don't. So, but I mean, credit. then again, the, the man, the man in the top left did say that the Pittsburgh Penguins were going to go on some crazy run and win the division and look at what happened. And I think it's going to happen again this year. Like Pittsburgh is that crazy. Like they're 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 getting back Malkin very soon. They're going to be healthy. They're coached by a really good coach because that's all the Metro has is really good coaches. And here here's a great point right here, Jack. Ten of the final thirteen games are at home. That's huge for the Rangers. That's a massive advantage. So. Yeah. So I mean, but again, you know what? Enjoy the moment because there's still work that has to be done as far as they go, but also enjoy the ride because you don't know how long it's going to last at all. We were all predicting the Islanders are going to make the Stanley Cup finals. I think all of us did. All three of us. Yeah. It doesn't look like it right now. So Anthony's right. Your, Your team could bottom out at any moment, any moment. All it takes is one injury. And the next thing you know, you're, you're unable to do anything. So, yeah. And then you can um, have a, a November like the Islanders had, and then you're completely out of it. You know, and that, that's and for the Islanders' sake, they had it in November. Could you imagine if a team that was in a playoff spot had that in, like, let's just say February or March? Forget about it. And 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 go it again. Go to go with the chaotic season. I've already talked about this a couple different times, but the Islanders, their their difficult road is still ahead. They got to do two West Coast trips amid all the COVID problems. Plus, I, I mean, like take for instance with the Rangers. Let's go with a comparison on that. The Rangers don't see Canada again until March. If let's say if the if the Islanders had the Rangers schedule, who knows what they might have what they might have been. Yeah, and but the Rangers. Instead, who are those games that were postponed? Ottawa and Montreal. That should be four points. And Detroit. Well, Detroit. I'm just talking to Canada teams. I know Detroit is not necessarily given with points anymore. They're playing well. So, right. So, all right. Uh, So guys, what do you think? Enjoy the moment. You know what? That's it. Put all your comments down below. Leave us a like, share and subscribe. And we're going to go to an episode of on the mark. Indeed. There's this prediction that's right up here. Being single most of my life. They just yell at Larry Brooks like every other New York Ranger. <laughs> hey guys, did you watch football last week? Not really. Anybody? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything interesting happening in, happen in a Jets game? <laughs> Antonio Brown. Unbelievable. And that's where I'm just going to center this now. I have no idea why teams do this essentially ever, but don't put up with head cases. I don't care how good the player is. 
there is only one industry that people put up with this prediction that's right up here. Uh, being single most of my life. I just yell at Larry Brooks. I don't know why that happened. Anybody down below? Anyway, so <laughs> I, I don't know why. There's only one industry people put up oh, with people with answer. egos like this that are this eccentric. Like Antonio Brown taking off his uniform and his pants, walking through the field, doing jumping jacks, wave, waving goodbye to the Jet fans. Who the hell are you? You're going to be forgotten in this league besides <clears throat> being a mental case. And you know something? I love it that now the spin is going around with some other uh, other things. Oh, he he got a concussion back when he was younger. What or the younger being like four years ago when Vontez perfect hit him. What player acts like this because they got a concussion? Anybody? Can you think of anybody? If you can, yeah, I mean, put them in the comments. So, put anything man. that goes with concussions with this behavior right here. No, some people are just assholes. And then you wonder why the leagues don't want to deal with them because there are other guys like that in the league. Anybody think Evander Kane's going to be around? I mean, I love that. Uh, people are just random conversations. Hey, Mark, you want to, would you take a shot at Evander Kane? No, no. And yes, there's another prospect in the Rangers system. We're hearing might be a little bit too big for his britches, but maybe, or maybe you can bring him back down. And then you got other guys that, that like, who was the guy? That I, I, I try to remember one of the guys that I said, Josh Hosang would think the guy's immature. And by the way, Josh Hosang. <clears throat> but stop. Just, you know, and people are going to say, oh, Antonio Brown's going to catch on with another team. Or, um, I think he's done. Or now. all these other guys. No. And if you sign him, you're the idiot. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Because you had guys in San Jose that said that they didn't want to go back to the Sharks because uh, Evander Kane was that much of a locker room Ebola. Like, come on. So, Phil, what are your thoughts? I, uh, I, you know what? I, I hear the CTE stuff, and I sit there and I say to myself, "You, you don't, you don't act like that because you got a concussion. You, you just don't. It, it, it's his. He's not Chris Benoit. Where, and I know I, I'm gonna get flack for mentioning that name, but you know what? He's, he's not a guy that took repeated, repeated, repeated shots to the head and then went and did something like that." You know, he, he's, 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 this is just somebody who's always been a prima donna, a diva, and has always been about himself. But now it's just finally starting to come out. And uh, like I said, when people were asking me in these chats whether I would take a, a chance on a Vander Kane, no, I, I wouldn't because he's, he's a cancer. He's an absolute cancer to a locker room. And <clears throat> for, for Antonio Brown, I mean, what a fall from grace. Not, not that Evander Kane was anywhere close to like being as good at his craft as Antonio Brown was as his, but you know what? You stay away from guys like that, and don't mention Vitaly Kravtsov with these guys. It, it, it's there's a lot more that going on with that that we're not going to get into. Right. I'm just saying the jury's never, out. Let's see about that. If yeah. if if the relationship could be mended, and that's fine. And I'm not saying it's 100 percent on him. We're going, we're not going with that, but, but there is a little bit of smoke around that with him. Oh, that's sure, it. Sure. All I'm saying. You, you know, if you want to say that he shouldn't have handled it the way that he did, fine, fine. 
Fine. But he exercised a clause. He exercised a clause that he had. But when you're a general manager, you don't go in and berate a player in front of a team for exercising a clause in your contract. So and I agree with you on that. And, and you also don't tell a kid to not show up to rookie camp when you, he doesn't have a spot guaranteed. So. And I agree with you on that. So, but yeah, I, I, I do agree. You don't put up with head cases. And I'll point to Odell Beckham Jr. That's okay. The and by the way, Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. Tony D'Angelo. Anthony. I mean, Antonio Brown is, is, he's an idiot. Let's face it. I mean, I go back to when he got cut, when he got cut by the Raiders, remember it's the footage, like he, he was at his house and he like ran around his backyard saying I'm free. And like, he's just, he's obviously, he's obviously a, an idiot. Let's face it. Um, however, and I, I think what he did in, on Sunday is just, is just all about attention. Um, and it was foolish. Uh, however, I always like to play devil's advocate um, and see kind of see the sides from both viewpoints. And, um, you know, he apparently he was he was hurt and I had him on my fantasy team. So I know it. he missed like six weeks in a row of an ankle injury, came back, played a game. But then apparently he re-injured his ankle. And the reason why this happened was his, you know, coach told him to go in. You know, he said no because his ankle was hurt. And then he and then the coach said, OK, well, then. You know, you could leave. So the only thing I'll say is, if the coach told him to go play when he was hurt, I mean that that's wrong. He shouldn't force a guy to go in a game when he's hurt. However, Antonio Brown could have just, you know, done it the classy way and, and you know just kind of just left and dealt with it afterwards. Uh, but he was wrong though for running out in the field and taking his jersey off and equipment and throwing it in the stands and all that stuff. That's just childish. And again, it's just, he's, he's a prima donna. It's all about the attention on him. Um, and he looked like an idiot doing so. Uh, but in, immensely skilled, I think he's, he's, he's very good. Um, even though he's older, he was still, he was still useful for Tampa Bay this year when he was on the field. And honestly, I, I wouldn't say, I, I think if he chooses that he wants to continue to play, I think there will be a team that next season gives them a shot. No doubt about it. And they're idiots for doing so, but it's gonna it's gonna happen. But overall, I just I just think that using CTE as the spin on this is grossly irresponsible and ridiculous. Because I have yet granted, look, we have seen some dark things happen with guys that had CTE and problems, but not anything like this. This is this is just this is behavior that an eight-year-old would be ashamed of. Yeah. <laughs> like running around the field, doing jumping jacks in the end zone as your team is in the field to play. I don't understand how they didn't get a penalty on that play. So, yeah. All right. So, but still, I mean, that's why last year it was sort of like you got Adam Fox waiting in the wings and the, the Rangers were trying to figure out if Tony D'Angelo could still be a uh, somebody to contribute for this team and <laughs> it's just you can't enable these guys the whole purpose of sports is to give these players structure and and that and sometimes instead it doesn't give you structure it gives you an excuse to enable them no you, you don't need guys like this you don't need them god what's his um mike singletary said it best when he when he berated vernon davis who was who was not uh, a behavioral problem, but to sit there and go, you can't win with players like that. They have to commit. So, Phil, one last word. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with the NCT thing. I just think it's a deep cop-out. It's an easy excuse, easy to sit there and blame it on CTE. But again, like I said, this guy isn't doing anything that anybody else that I've ever seen that has had concussions. And I know people who have had multiple concussions. I'm not talking one. I'm not, I'm not talking two or three. I'm talking people who have had five-plus concussions have never done this type of thing. So... Um, well, you know what, Core? Thanks for joining in. But here's another guy that never got it. That I said <laughs> another immature problem. I, I said him before. I said Hotel Beckham Jr. was another one. He was a head case. I mean, it, it just this is the, it's the same type of behavior between these two. So I I have a question though. Who I think people bring up CT. Who who said that CT was the reason why Antonio Brown did what he did? No, it, you just see it on social media. It's popping up as a cheap oh, I think oh. I think there was an ESPN analyst. I don't know who it was, though, that brought that up. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I, and they point to the Vontez perfect hit, perfect hit. Yeah. On, on him. But Thank you, Shannon, by the again, way. I appreciate that. Shannon, I always appreciate it. I don't think it. anything to do with that. I just think like, he's, a, he's an idiot. He's, a, he's an egomaniac, and he – he just does things on a whim. I don't. I don't think it has anything to do with CT. I just think. Like, he's an idiot. I mean, um, Rick, that was uh, Rick, Rick Rippin, and then um, Derek Bugard was another one. He ended up overdosing. I, I and then, um, yeah. So. Aki Berg, right? No, no. Wade Belock. Yeah, Wade Belock was another one. Yeah, yeah. No, and 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 again, these guys. There's a reason why. And and thank God the hockey player stuff is is not happening anymore, or at least it's not making any more headlines. I remember when Derek Bugard happened. Uh, there was a ranger that lived out here. Uh, all I'll say for him is he was the youngest captain in Islanders history. He was at the bar uh, at Croker's, and a friend of mine he got a, he just got the text about it, and that's how I found out about that. But it, it was one of those things. It's you don't you don't want to see it happen at all. And again, uh, by the way, Grant, one hundred percent right on this one. Mike Tomlin shows how great of a coach he is by yeah. reining him in, and that's when you have good coaches—the ones that take those personalities and rein them in. Bill Parcells had uh, Lawrence Taylor. I mean, I'm not going to give any credit to Tom Rennie for reining in Sean Avery for a little bit, and I'm not putting Sean Avery in this same category, but Sean Avery. Certainly ruffled feathers. Um, again, you, you, you need to have a locker room of we, not me. And Antonio Brown's making Terrell Owens look like a team player. So yeah, I, I just can't I can't wait. I can't wait for the next team to go sign him. Go ahead. Go sign him. Who wants to go sign him? And then we could say, I told you so. Again, he had Le'Veon Bell on his team too. Yeah. All right. Am I completely wrong on this, guys? Throw it all down in the comments below or – I know, just leave a like, share, and subscribe. All right. Um, we're going to move on to Q&A and stuff I like that. I have an editorial, you jerk. You do have one. Oh, All right, good. you jerk. Good, guys. We haven't heard this in a while, so we need to hear this badly right now. So here it comes. Oh, are you going to play Are you gonna, Are you you going going to to play your intro in the middle of your editorial, too? I don't even know how that ha honestly happened. I'm on, my, I'm on my phone right now, and things are a lot different. So I guess I accidentally hit something. That's <laughs> all right. It's technical difficulties. All right. Hold on, Ed. Here it goes. Guys, welcome to The Rock. 
They just do what they always do. Why is he you know, putting like, Leo Komarov on the first line? Like, welcome to the Rock. So we, we all we all know the the NHL made the answer. Players aren't going to the Olympics, and um, I think players are massively disappointed in it. Um, and it kind of raised my eyebrow when uh, Elliot Friedman, I think it was his recent Thirty Two Thoughts category, was when he was talking about how much the players were saddened by they weren't going. He said that some guys were so like just trying to find a loophole how to go that they were that they thought about like retiring, and going to play. At, which would void their contract, and then afterwards coming back and re-signing. Uh, but he said the league would never allow that to happen. But that that type of uh, train of thought by the players um, really just goes to show how badly they wanted to go despite everything going on in the world right now, um, quarantine restrictions if they tested positive. Um, <clears throat> and I kind of see it. You know, the Olympics comes around every four years. And for guys like um, – Crosby, you know, John Tavares, uh, Bergeron, uh, probably Marchand too, um, given their ages, this is the, this was their last shot to, to play for, you know, team Canada and, you know, represent their country. Um, and I think not knowing that they're going to get that opportunity again, uh, really, you know, really hurts them. Um, you know, we all know how much they want to win a Stanley cup, but representing your country and winning a gold medal, I think ranks just as high on, on players, you know, kind of dreams that they want to achieve one day. Um, so seeing some of these guys even consider that just goes to show how badly they wanted to play. Um, and I, I kind of, listen, I have no love loss for Crosby and the guys won everything. Um, but at his age, you know, probably would have been the last, one of the last times he would be on team Canada because four years from now, you know, with how good Canada is, I'm not sure if they would, you know, have room for him to to make the roster. But, um, you know, he won't have that opportunity uh, anymore. And, you know, there's guys all around the league. You know, you can add Stamkos to that list. You know, I, I don't think he'll play for Team Canada next time around. Um, but, you know, these guys really wanted to go. Um, I was looking forward to seeing them play just because, let's face it, I'll still watch the Olympics. Um, but it's not going to be the same without the NHL players in it. Uh, you know, I, I think that they're going to either have to wait another four years or get creative. I, I even saw that uh, Bettman was talking about it on New Year's Day. I think it was during the Winter Classic. He was saying how, you know, he's this because I think someone asked him what about the suggestion of trying to play in the summer in the Summer Olympics so you don't have to wait as long. Uh, and he said that, you know, he's been inquiring about that since like 93 and uh, no traction has ever been made of it, made with it. Um, so I, you can see that the, the other ways that they're trying to figure out to give the players their wish, um, you know, World Cup of Hockey could be done again. But I think for a lot of guys, that's still not the same as going to the Olympics. Um, you know, be, best case scenario is maybe the Winter Olympics gets postponed like they did the Summer Olympics uh, and then they can get back sooner. But otherwise, I think it's going to be a while before they could play for their countries again. Um and yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're upset about it, rightfully so. I think most of the fans are upset about it. I mean, let's face it, you think watching team, you know, watching Team USA with the guys that are going to, you know, AHL guys or college guys on there are going to be as fun as, you know, watching Patrick Kane and Austin Matthews skate around out there. No. Um, you know, again, the advantage is going to go to Russia because they can use the KHL players. Uh, and even Canada, I don't know if you guys saw a tweet today. It was, I uh, forget who it was from, but a, a list of preliminary guys on. Canada's roster um, and even them I think they have an advantage you know like Owen Power was on it Mason McTavish was on it Eric Stahl's a free agent you know he was on that list 
Um, you know, Peyton Krebs, which I don't get. I guess I, I think it's the rule is how many game if you played a, a uh, under a certain amount of games, you would, you still qualify for being able to play in the Olympics. But I think Peyton Krebs might be on Team Canada, which is silly because he's played in the NHL this year. But I guess you know loophole, loophole, whatever it is. Playing but, right now. Um, yeah. What's that again? Playing right now. Yeah. Playing against so, the Islanders Thursday night. Yeah. So it's it's just going to be. Uh, uh, I think some countries are going to have certain advantages, but man, uh, when I saw that that comment from Freeman, that players legitimately were like thinking, "Okay, well, can I retire and then come back?" That just it just shows the dedication of they had of playing for their countries, um, and it would have been fun to watch. But um, you know, hopefully they could sort something out where you know they can do you know whether it be World Cup or get back to the Olympic stage sooner than later somehow. Uh, I think that would be that would be fun. Again, the league. They didn't really make anything off of it. I could see why they, you know, maybe they don't care as much, uh, but the players truly cared about it. Philk. You're, you're muted. Uh, I got you. Get, give you him got? a World Cup of Hockey. It, it, it's just give him a World Cup of Hockey at this point. Uh, I don't uh, – the Olympics, it, it's just – it is what it is. Like, like these tournaments – are, are, it's not the Olympics aren't the Olympics just because, you know, it, it's it's the Olympics. The Olympics are what they are because of the prestige and the honor of playing and the fact that mm-hmm. so much is invested into these tournaments. What were the Olympics in 2018? They were nothing. Who cared mm-hmm. about that? Who, like, honestly, I didn't, I didn't even care that much. Sure, I wanted the U.S. to win, but did I really care? No, the NHLers weren't playing in it. If the NHL just boycotted the Olympics going forward and did a World Cup of Hockey every two years or something like that, you know how prestigious the World Cup of Hockey would become? People would forget about Olympic hockey. They wouldn't care about it. The World Cup of Hockey would become the trophy that you would want to win in terms of international hockey competition. The World Championships that are played every summer, they don't mean a lot because a lot of the NHLers don't go. So stop, stop making, stop making this about the Olympics, make it about the world cup of hockey from now on, you know, and, and play it over here stop playing it in China or anything like that, where there isn't really a fan base for hockey, bring it to, bring it to Sweden, bring it to Canada, bring it to the U S bring it to Russia, even. bring it, bring it to places where hockey is prevalent. I can't help but say, Thank God this happened now where it could have happened four years ago. Because I guarantee the NHL probably looked at at China the same way the NBA did and said there's 2 billion people. It's an untapped market. We could probably do all this stuff. Putting politics aside, putting as much emphasis on public health and stuff like that. And it's hard to put politics aside because I tell you what, as as mentioned right here, five week quarantine. Yeah, sorry, no, no, no. 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 I don't. I'm care. not going. <laughs> and you know something. And the the thing about that is, the as far as the World Cup of Hockey goes, it could be great. There's one moment I could think about in the World Cup of uh, of Hockey, maybe two. Lemieux to Gretzky also being number two. Uh, Mike Richter standing on his head would be in there, but. Uh, what do we remember? We remember Salt Lake City. You remember uh, Lake Placid. You remember 
uh, all these other things that Vancouver, Crosby's overtime goal, it's all the Olympics. It's it's just what that is. And yeah, but, but, but it's the Olympics because those players went. And it's the Olympics because the, the U.S. somehow pulled off the greatest upset in sports history. I mean, if that's not the case, if that's the World Cup of hockey, then you know what? Then you're looking at things a little differently. What happens if the U.S. and Canada go into a three-game series and it's an absolute bloodbath that's decided in triple overtime of the third game? And you're looking at the most epic three-game series of hockey ever. Then people are going to flock to the World Cup of hockey. Yeah. They'll up. Just like the line in Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. and the uh, But the other reason why it's better to do the Olympics than the World Cup of Hockey, even though I still think they should do the World Cup of Hockey anyway, is because the eyeballs are in the Winter Olympics, not in their own thing. I, I wish they could do it separate. I, I wish they could just do the two-week tournament like that. But, I mean... It's it's impossible for them to do it now. And if you think it's impossible for the Islander schedule to be done with the Olympic break, then imagine if the Olympic break was the Olympics were still going on. They were there, and then the Islanders had to do two West Coast trips within their schedule. They still have remaining. It's it's an absolute horror show, and it's one of those things. I understand Brad Marchand and players want to go back, and Sidney Crosby wants to go back, but you know what? Understand, this is once in a lifetime event. Hopefully, and as soon as it, 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 sanity is going to return to the world at some point, I'm do, I'm just going to leave it there. Got it. Going to win. But yeah, well, welcome back to uh, Ziga. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. We haven't seen you in a while. Hopefully, you're doing well. So, so Anthony, your last word because this was your editorial. Um, my last word is I'm, I'm surprised to, to see the player's dedication of, of wanting to play that badly, where again, Freeman suggested there are a group of players who, you know, thought about even see if they could retire and go play anyway. I mean, to me, that's like, kind of like mind blown. Um, I mean that, imagine if, imagine if they had enough players that did that, that, that would have blown up the whole that would have blown up the whole league because if you have if you have a couple of lone wolves, let's say Marshand and you know Stamkos that that decide to do that, okay, well you know you deal with it. But you imagine if if literally you know a lot of the guys that were going to play on Team USA, Kane, Matthews, you know Tavares, Barzell, Fox. Imagine if if they all got together and did that. Think about it for a second. What what would the league's recourse be at that point if you had that many guys? How could you how could you stop it? The guy that I said would possibly jump ship and take two weeks off with without pay and not with blink about it would be Alexander Ovechkin because he would want to bring a gold medal home for Russia, but he didn't do it in 2018. I don't see any, uh, and that was before he won a Stanley Cup, I should say. So this is after he wins a Stanley Cup. I, I mean, he doesn't have to prove anything except for win a gold medal. But again. That's it. But again, answer that question. If you if they if they literally had enough players that did that, how would the league how would the league handle that situation? You can't. I mean, you you. I think they'd have to suck it up. Contract. I but I know. But for that many guys, what I'm saying is, like, if one or two guys did it, they deal with it. But literally, if they player. all did it. What? You would have to you find, find the players. Then you got to find the players. 
you, yeah. you're talking you're talking about the league's stars. You're talking about a hundred. That would be the point. Is they would shoot themselves in the foot. Well, they wouldn't do that. They would find some way to say that they uh, okayed it or something like that. Then just lie. It would be a PR nightmare if they went to find all those players, but it would be money back in their pockets. Now, throw that scenario out. Let's say Alexander Ovechkin said, I want to go to the Olympics. All right, go to the Olympics. He goes to the Olympics. He goes through everything, dominates. His final day there is the nightmare scenario we talk about. He tests positive for COVID. He's got to stay in China for five weeks. That's not going to go over well. No. 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 But I guess the point is some players probably wouldn't have cared about that. The fact that they really wanted to go that bad, they thought about doing that. I don't really think – I think some of the guys, as much as the scary proposition that is, I think some people truly didn't care. They'd rather play in the Olympics. Yeah, but, they'll quickly get the buyer's remorse. I'll tell you that one. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So, what do you think? If you were a player, would you still be going to the Olympics this year? And uh, what would happen if your favorite player retired to go to the Olympics? Throw it down in the comments below. Don't forget, leave a like, share, and subscribe. And uh, we're gonna take questions now. So. Guys, what do you think? Go ahead. We'll start putting them up there. Um, uh, let's see if I have any bookmarked. Starred, I should say. Okay. Uh, this one yeah. from Thomas before. Um, how much more do I need from Truba to feel like he's owning up to the contract? Um, I need more offense from him. Uh, I, I think that he's he's been good defensively, and the physical play and the leadership has been good from him this season. Um, he, he looks to have taken on a mentorship role to Keandre Miller, but, um, I, I need to, uh, I need, I need more offensively because to, to live up to an $8 million AAV, you're going to have to be putting up like 45 to 50 points and, and playing 20 plus minutes a game. So, um, he's good, uh, but it, it's just, it's going to be almost impossible for him to live up to that full AAV. But if he, if he can be a $6 million defenseman, then, you know, he helps the team big time. There is no way he could ever live up to that contract. Um, is he helping the team and he's playing better? Yes. All of that that was just said by that man right there, um, I guess it's to my, my left, uh, <laughs> uh, he's the biggest Jacob Truba critic that, there, uh, that I know. And... Yeah, it's just there. There's no way he could ever do that because it also roles changed. He was supposed to be the number one defenseman, power play quarterback, everything else like that, and he wasn't a power play quarterback and a number one within six months because Adam Fox and Tony D'Angelo took over. So it's it's hard to do that. I don't want to kill him on the contract because that's also what the market no. was giving him back then. Nah, you know what? He was given that contract to come in to be a number one all situations defenseman. Unfortunate things happened. It, they the Rangers bid against themselves. I mean, they should have given him about six and a half, maybe seven million. But uh, you know what? If, yeah. if he can be worth six million, I, I'm okay with that. Um, this is a good question from Nicholas here. Um, is Strom a better positional center than Zabenejad? Everyone seems to play well with Strom and Gel Moore. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I, I just think that 
Zibanejad and Kreider have a specific chemistry and a style, and they've played together for the last uh, five years. They've pretty much played together. So um, you're, you're five, six years going on now that they've been playing together. So they just they have that chemistry. Uh, Kako needs to improve his speed. Lafreniere, the same. Uh, I think they both need to improve their conditioning. And um, Kako's strength has improved, but I think Lafreniere needs to improve his strength. And um, Artemi Panarin, when he's played with Mika's advantage at, has played very well at even strength, even though it's been very, very, very limited since he's come to New York. So, Yeah, I, I like the way Strom's been playing, and I think he's – I got to give him all the credit this year. I mean, speaking about somebody I've been very critical about, and I always kind of felt like, oh, the Rangers could do better than Ryan Strom. I'm not so sure about that now. And that's the best compliment I could give. Ryan Strom is doing it and doing it well. I don't know about splitting up him and Panarin, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and, and that's going to be a tough decision that Gallant's going to have to make. Um, I could see the advantage to it, but I, I don't know if you go and you piss off your best player. I just no. I, I don't think no. that. And, and again, even he can approach Artemi about it, and they could try it for like a shift or two or maybe a period or two and then switch it right back because that's the yeah. beauty of hockey. Yeah. But um, I think Strom has, has been doing fine with the number two C. I don't think it's so much Strom elevating people. I think it's – uh, It could be that you're playing right against fit. top lines. Sometimes the players are just the right fits. Like you thought Capo Caco would have been playing with him and, and Panarin in 2020, but yet it was Jesper Foss who ended up with them. But speaking of which, has Strom played his way out of the Rangers' price range? I don't necessarily think so. I don't know if many teams are going to line up to give him – what he might be looking for if that is the case because I'll, some of those teams are going to use that whole you're a byproduct of Panarin logic against him and to try to drive his price down so I, I just think it's too good of a fit if the Rangers offered him six years 36 million I, I think both sides would be fools not to take that contract uh you got that vow that's in there right I'm going to tell you this. Um, I think he wants to stay. I don't, yes. I don't. And it's not a matter of that. Ryan Strom is uh, a transcendent GM, like a Jack Eichel or something like that, or, uh, or John Tavares when he was there, that the union's going to look at him and go, you've got to help put, elevate all of us, but uh, in our contracts. So it's not going to yeah. be that. Yeah. And I will say this. I was, I was, um, I'm happy to be wrong when it comes to Strom. Do I still wish that there was a better second line center? You know what? I'm not wishing that anymore. And again, that's the best compliment I can give Ryan Strom. And he's going to be doing fine. I, I honestly, you keep saying that. I think if you had a better second line center, you're probably getting a number one center that's playing on a second line then. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Getting Pedersen? <laughs> I know, and it's then you're paying ten million dollars to to yeah. him to be your second line center. In, so no, in three years you're gonna, in, or in two years, it makes more sense. So. It's starting to make more sense that Ryan Strom would stay. His, all of his success is here, and I think Rich has got that on there. Why, why would he leave over money? He, he gets to play with Panarin, and the, um, I, if he went to another team, I don't. I think he'd be chasing a ring. But the ring's going to be here anyway. I think that's that's where, um, I think that's where it's going to be. 
Now we're going to talk probably in a little bit about a different center on the Rangers. That's another st story. Actually, okay, yeah. wait, let me go up because I saw it. Yeah, I, I, I saw one from Ziga before. Is it? Oh, is sorry, it... Uh, just me. Yes, I acknowledge I'm wrong. Go with yours. Is it time to move Heedle to the wing yet? And I, I think I think you have to start looking at it. Can can we play Barkley Goudreau as the third line center and move Heedle to the wing? By the way, Joe, I like that. Uh, um, maybe I don't know if the wing's going to be best for Filipino. I think as far as Heedle goes, I think Filipino's got to be in a situation where he's going to be able to flourish a little bit more. I don't, and and I don't know. That's where I. I made a list of um, third line center options and I tried not to get too crazy on them. Jared McCann would probably be at the top of my list there. Jared McCann's there, but as you noted, Phil, he's a, um, he's a uh, restricted free agent. So that Which price is, is going to be because he's still pretty big. Control, but I mean, Heedle's about three and a half years younger I mean, I wouldn't necessarily mind taking that shot with Jared McCann. I think that he could uh, he could be another guy. Um, I don't know if I agree with uh, Core here saying that he's gone by the deadline. I, I, you know what? Unless you get a guy like McCann in, in that trade, I, I, I don't think that's happening just because of the fact that teams don't deconstruct from their roster. And remember, remember four years ago when everybody wanted Point and Sergeyev for Ryan McDonough. Yeah, that was never, never going to happen because Tampa was never going to remove a, a top six forward, a number two center, and a top four defenseman in Sergachev for a, a top pairing defenseman in Ryan McDonough. It just was not going to happen. So Which, I don't see the Rangers doing that unless they get somebody that's better than Heedle in return. And McCann would be better in a third line center role, but I just I don't know if that's i mean well i'm gonna go rapid fire on these names with you these are just what i got and what i th the idea of this is teams that are out of the playoffs and could deal somebody on an expiring ufa contract okay. jared mccann is the only one that's not so i'll start with that jared mccann you'd go for that right yeah or philip beetle yeah okay Cedric are, 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 these, this all, are these all guys I would trade Filipino for, or are these just saying I, I would trade for these guys? Upgrade over Filipino. I'm not sure if necessarily you trade him for Filipino, okay. but there would be upgrades over Filipino. Are they? All right. Cedric Paquette. Not an upgrade. Chris Tierney. Not an upgrade. Maybe Nick a will move at best. Although Nick, Nick Cousins doesn't fall on that. He's expiring, but he's on Nashville. Not Cody Eakins. What? Cody Eakins. Uh, Cody Eakins? No, not an upgrade. Vlad Nemestikov. Not an upgrade. Um, Then really, I, got, I only got two left, which, no, actually three or four. For Arizona, you have Galchenyuk and Hayden. Not really inspiring. Winnipeg, you might be able to pry Andrew Kopp. No, I doubt he's getting moved. He's, a, he's an RFA, I believe. No, he's a UFA, I think. I'll, I'll double check that in a minute. When I went over this, I think he's a UFA. And the last one is Matias Yamark. Because uh, Vegas is going to have to move somebody. Uh, Andrew Kopp is a UFA. Uh, Yanmark, I, I, 
that's close. He he's probably an upgrade in the other as facets of the game, but um, uh, offensively no, and he he doesn't really have a ceiling. He, he his ceiling's already hit. He is what he is. I mean, if you're talking about guys on expiring contracts, you're, you got to factor in guys like Joe Pavelski and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh time. yeah. Those guys are clear cut upgrades. So. And I, I was kind of confused on what Dallas is doing. Um, when I started coming up with this list, that's why I didn't put Pavelski up there. Also, I can't help but look at Dallas sometimes and just think they got to make the playoffs with that roster. But yeah, they're Dallas not. is is six points out of the second wild card spot. They have four games in hand on Edmonton, but their goaltending is is suspect at best right now with Ottinger and uh, yeah, and um, uh, what's his name? Is it Holt? Is it Holt? Uh, Who'd open? Uh, who'd open? Oh, Holby. Holby. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who'd basically done. He he's pretty much done. Ben Bishop retired. Holby's been meh. And Ottinger's been decent. But I mean, their their goal differential. Dallas is a minus three. Now minus three. I I gotta go with what Mike says right here. And again, it's just sad. To, it's sad. All right. Well, again, look. I want to be clear on this thing because I know some some guys are gonna think I'm bashing the guy. I like the guy. I like Philip Beetle. So I, I thought he was one of the most decisive centers I thought the Rangers had when I first laid eyes on him uh, in that preseason that he was playing. I think it was against the Devils when he had the game winner. And I was like, this kid's going to be good. I can't wait for this. Don't see that decisiveness anymore. I don't see that. I'm not sure if I see that speed. The speed's still there. I Let me correct that. I don't know if he's got tires for those wheels. Um, but he, he doesn't, he doesn't really make plays and he's not that great of a shooter. Like, why would you move him the wing when well, you got the thing, one, one as a winger and, and on a line with somebody like Ryan Strom, who's really the playmaker, you allow him to worry more about shooting at that point. He's actually got a decent shot. The problem is, is that he's just trying to. They're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole with him. They're trying to make him be a facilitator and a play driver, and he's clearly not that. He's, he's just not. And, and that line lacks finish because Lafreniere needs a guy who is a, a playmaker. Mm-hmm. And Filipino's not a playmaker. Julian Gauthier is clearly not a playmaker either. You put three guys whose first instinct is – well, two of them, their first instinct is playmaking – and then or is finishing, and then the other guy who has the best shot on the line is really a playmaker, and he doesn't really have anybody to to, to feed the puck to because they yeah. just, they don't really play a, a, a polished game, so that line just doesn't work. It's three square pegs into three round holes. It that's why that line doesn't work. So I just I don't I don't see how any of that uh, any of that works going forward. And just to say with this, um, I like Goudreau being up higher, but he, the Rangers need him to be lower. Yeah, they need it. They definitely need him to be lower. I, I don't. I don't see how that works either. Um, this is a good one from Brandon here. Uh, what do we do with Laugh moving forward? He's clearly been more comfortable playing those increased minutes on the top six last handful of games. Yeah, Ryan Strom has really helped out his game. I I wonder can he play on the right wing. If he can play right wing, then um, I, I would try to see if you could put him with uh, Panarin 
and and, and Strom going forward and see if that line works. And you got to give Lafreniere a chance. He he's played better. I get it. Gallant Turk is trying to tell him that he's got to he's got to earn his keep, earn his minutes. But it, just because it doesn't work one game, you can't just throw the line out the window. You can't. You got to give lines time to gel. The only problem I have with re-signing Ryan Strom is this: is if they re-sign him, he's never getting off that right wing on the power play. And there's a spot Kako could be in or Lafreniere could be in. And I do think when you get guys that are number one and number two in the draft, they need to work on a power play and stuff like that. However, I don't think it's necessary right away. So we'll see about that. They can, they can, if this team ends up going far in the playoffs, then just go with what you got. And you don't need to, to worry about development at the same time. That's what the difficult part about them is. They're trying to compete and develop at the same time. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Um, Jack brings up another good one here. I've, I've starred a bunch of these. So, yeah, this was Jack asked about um, Pavelski, and he's asking if he can play right wing and center. Yes. Pavelski plays right wing and center. I'm pretty sure Pavelski could probably play all three, four positions. Uh, but Pavelski is primarily a, a right winger and a center, and he played just as well on the wing as he has at center. So uh, that's versatility right there, and that's why Pavelski is a guy who I've talked about as a, as, a, as a great target for the Rangers. I'll give you another reason why the Rangers should go get Joe Pavelski. Never He's Crider Insurance. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Because was Chris coming. Crider – Again, president of the Chris Crowder fan club, or as uh, uh, would you say, Joe? Um, Mark Strom is trash, Crowder is God, Williams is my last name, anyway. But Chris Crowder usually is due for an injury that would take about two weeks out of his season or stuff like that, sometimes three. And because that's what happens when you're physical, you end up going up against guys and getting hurt. And what that'll do is. You'll keep the guy who's a deflection god is what Joe Pavelski is. Yeah, he, he is. might be the best deflecting player I've You've ever seen. seen. Time, yeah. And I saw Adam Graves and I saw Cam Neely. Yeah, those guys. Wow, they, they they were both great at that. But I I think Pavelski is literally he's just a perfect fit for this team. And not only that, but you add another leader into the locker room. You add a guy that's on the power play. You add a guy with versatility to play two positions that the Rangers need help at. And not only that, but he also kills penalties too if you want him to kill penalties. So he just – he does everything. And he's got Stanley Cup final experience. That's what you need. So um, another one from Jack. Uh it's funny because I think this whole Ranger team needs to shoot more and pass a little more. He'll have no problem with that if he was tried on a wing. Yeah, you know what? That's actually a good point. Uh, yeah, I don't like the idea of giving up on him. It's just that there's there are there was a depth of the wings that the Rangers have. Like if they mend that fences with Kratzoff, and I'm actually expecting them to, to be honest with you. I know there's been a rocky road, but they you bring back Kratzoff. Maybe you put him on the second unit with uh, Strom and uh, I forgot Panarin's name for a second. Wow. Um, wow. But 
Yeah, you put him with Stroman Panarin. Now that slots guys down, and that's what really helps out hockey lineups. When you can fill a slot, and then, like, when Dryden Hunt was doing that earlier in the year, we were all elated with the guy. Riley Smith is a guy that could fit in that slot very easily. And he's another guy that would be Kreider Insurance. So do I want to give up on Heedle? Again, you like the kid. You like he's he's been growing up here. Uh, but yeah. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up one because it, it Zig, that was of, age. Yeah, it, it kind of ties in between two of these comments that we've been talking about, two of these players. Pavelski with Hedo would give him the veteran leadership on the time on the line that he needs. Plus, having Laffy uh, Laffy on the veteran line would be huge. Um, yeah, Pavelski could help with the third line. Yeah, he, he could. But Pavelski could also help with the top line because I, I think that he would help Mika and Kreider out immensely. And that's what Chris Farley says here. Mm-hmm. You 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 know you could you could put Kako because I, I agree with Chris Farley here. Kako fits better with Panarin Stroll. I, I think that line would be awesome together. And I think Pavelski could help with Zibanejad and Kreider. So that's actually where in the system, that's where I think I would I would also consider Kratzoff. Or or the third unit, then Kratzoff is gonna be a pass first player. We know this. Yeah. And well, I don't um, know about that. I mean, it, it just you know what? If you put Kravtsov to me. And I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. He is the one with the closest. Um, he's the closest we have to anything that Pavel Buchnevich was in terms of style of play. Mm-hmm. He can play that style of game. So you know what? If you can fit him on that line with Zibanejad and Kreider going forward, then you have your right wing problem partially fixed. So. Yeah. And and thank you, Ziga. We we appreciate that. And then yes, you, thank you. This as well. Thank you very much, guys. Remember, please like, share, and subscribe. This way, uh, like I said, we can get the uh, the videos popping up in the algorithms more. So when you you know open up YouTube on your Fire Stick, whatever, our videos you know tend to pop up more for other people as well. So help grow the channel. But um, I'll go through some other ones here that I have. Uh, Mr. Syntastic, who's been like a gangbusters with comments lately. Uh, Love it. Is is there a deal to be made with Heedle and Kravtsov? You know what? If if that gets me a a big piece, a big young piece that has an affordable term or affordable contract with some term on it. Yeah. I don't know if you deal those two. Has Mark tried saying love you? (laughs) Love you, Let's. Love you, Let's. Oh, he hasn't tried it yet, but let, I mean, he'll, he'll, you know he'll butcher it, Cor. You know I got it. What, did you really just try? Hey, Kevin, thank you very much, Kevin. Yeah. We oh, hey, thank you, you Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate that. Um, Johnny, I've heard this for a while. I don't know if it's really from anybody worthwhile or anything, so I don't, I don't agree that he'll end up there. Maybe he does. Edmonton gave us a first for Georgiev. I'm taking it. I'm running, but I doubt that happens. So, um, but I, I, Mr. Syntastic, back to your question here. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Maybe that ends up being one of those deals that pops up out of nowhere that nobody expects because there's always one of those. Yeah. So, 
Um, I don't know about that. But I, I, if personally, if, if I deal those two together in a deal, I want it for a young player with term. I, I want a team-controlled young asset, a, a good young forward that is all like on his way to becoming a top young player. So, but I just don't, those players don't become readily available. You know, that that's the big thing. Um, Mark Andre Fleury rumors at Edmonton. We talked about that earlier. Congrats all play defensively like Bucinevich. He's actually a pretty good defensive player. Yeah. Kravtsov's defensive game is improved. Michael. Um, I, 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 I do. I wanted to just highlight the comments so everybody sees it, but yeah. Um, I, I do think that, um, he could end up, uh, being, a, a pretty good defensive player, not not a selkie caliber or anything close to that, as far as I can tell. But he went above and beyond to really improve his game along the boards and away from the puck last season when he came up, you know, under Quinn and that at home stretch. And you could see that his game was better. And they still, what do they want from this kid? That's why that's what yeah. pisses me off. They, they, all right, so you're telling me that he's not big enough. You're telling me that he's not strong enough. And then you're telling me that he's not good enough away from the puck. So what did he do? He went and improved in all three areas, which you could clearly see at the end of the year when he was playing with garbage like Brett Howden. And then you, you're telling me that somehow Dryden Hunt, Julian Gauthier, and a, and a slew of other players somehow outplayed him to make the opening night roster? I, I don't buy it. Sorry, I don't. Um... Let me ask you this, because we talked about this, this briefly once. But uh, but an idea of bringing in Jacob. Did you Chick- highlight that? Or was that me? I highlighted that. Because oh, 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 I, I just basically started because I was going to. Yeah, you started. Um, but so. Jacob Chikrin. Luxury. Yeah. Why would you get him? Luxury. Yeah. Um, I, I just I, I don't I, I don't think that. um. I don't think he fits cap wise. I, I I love the player. I don't like the asking price for one great year's worth of hockey. And I also don't like it when you think, is he going to be, if what you're going to have to give up, he's going to be power play one. No, no. Is he going to be power play two? Sure. Sure. Yeah. You could, you could put him there. You're getting Jacob Chikrin. You have to, you, you don't put a Ferrari in the garage. You, so, you would probably no, I mean, have to move Keandre Miller in that deal to make that happen because they're both left side defensemen. You're, you're not getting him without moving Keandre Miller. And if, if that's the case and that's what you want to do, okay, I have no problem with that. There's only a two-year age difference. And if Miller doesn't translate, I mean, you look pretty smart for doing it, but you're going to have to move Jacob Trugel when that time comes. You're going to have to just either – you're going to bite the bullet and buy him out, or you're going to trade him once that no move lifts. Once that, once that lifts, that's it. So here's this one from Dan. Let me, uh, I know you got some starred Phil, but let me give you this. You ever hear fans chant for the first goalie and then the second goalie in the next game? Probably and yes. Richter Van Beesbrook. Yeah, definitely Richter Van, but there, the Rangers have thrown out great tandems for a long time. Uh, Jockerman, Villamure, uh, Richter, Van Beesbrook. I mean, I know for, I mean, fans had to be chanting for Talbot and Lundquist. 
and even everybody behind Lundqvist because fans, I mean, they were always going to chant for Hank. Sometimes they, they also would make sure they, yeah, they chant. The, the Rangers had a lot of good ones. Yeah, I I, I just, that was probably the, the last time that I, I could think of that would, uh, that that would have happened. So, um, let just see some other ones that I have starred. Uh, Jack, again, uh, can we try Kreider on the, the right wing so Laf can play left? Um yeah, I, I I would give it a shot. Um, I I think Lafreniere when he was there, uh, I think he kind of just expected to get everything handed to him almost, and really didn't play his hardest. Um, so um, I, I you, you you need more from Lafreniere to really kind of uh, you know take over and, and and give him that spot. So, um, but. I, I think him on his off wing there would help get that that shot off on the forehand. Um, oh, Kreider, that is. I, I, I could the yeah. Kreider coming down on that that right side on his off wing. It definitely could help. But, but Kreider, uh, Kreider likes to be on the left wing side, trying to pick the um, the glove side, the uh, the other corner. Mm, yeah, I don't know. No, I just I don't know. So so. It, it could work. I, I think it could. It just, I would, um, I would be careful with it, but I, I would rather try it now with Lafreniere playing better hockey. If you can do it now while he's really going, then you could possibly get the best results out of him and get him into a funk. I think the big thing with Lafreniere is you got to start giving him power play time. Gotta start giving him power play time and, and give, giving him something to get his confidence going because that's really the thing with Lafreniere. It's confidence. But again, would you, would you consider sitting that top unit more to get Kako and Lafreniere more power play time? It's it's hard to even kind of imagine that. Oh, oh wait, I gotta highlight this one. Yes, we won our Filk wrestling. Or let me do it like Orange Cassidy. Sorry. <laughs> but uh yeah I, I mean rich is right you gotta love laughs effort as of late these last two games have been two of his very best um i i, I just don't think kako fits with Kreider and Zibanejad. i think they want to play more of a speed game more of an off the rush type game um kako is very he plays a very kind of methodic cycling uh you know down low type game so i'm gonna uh Definitely got to uh, go with that. But uh, it's another one here. Actually, this is a good one from Dave. Um, what's the 21 uh, 22 uh, season pl- or the post or the plan after this season, I should say, with Pavelski if he's acquired? He's probably just a pure rental in that aspect. Unless he wants to sign at a reduced rate, I don't see how. Um, he's also like 38 years old, I think, Pavelski. Yeah. He, he's up there in age. Uh, he, he's he's up there, but he's also chasing a cup. So there's two things to consider with that. I'll say this. I agree with Phil. I'm 100% behind this one. This is the one move I think the Rangers could make, and it's a home run. He could play the center on, on the third on the third line. That moves over Heedle. Um, You don't have to worry about what um, Kratzoff is going to be like when he gets back in. And, man, he... The, the, 
Joe Pavelski is just such a good player. I can't say that enough. And I also brought up the Kreider insurance. Go get him. Yeah. And what 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 can he be like if he's acquired? Don't be surprised if he tries to do a Marty St. Louis and stick around for another season. And um, although Marty was under contract, obviously, but yeah. stick around for another year and try to try to win a cup because if he sees potential in this team, why is he going to go run to another team? Yeah, and that's that's the thing, and it just to me it makes a lot of sense. He 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 checks all the boxes that this team needs. I just wonder how. I, I just wonder if and when Dallas will say, "Hey, you know what? We're not going to make the playoffs." Or either, if we do, we're probably not going to win because the biggest problem with Dallas right now is not just the fact that they are. They're out of the playoffs by what eight points? Like I said before, yeah, so let's see here. Yeah, uh, I think it's five or six. Let me just it, get it, that for you. Sorry, sorry. it's six points. Six points with I got four it. games yeah. in hand. So they they have to pass over one, two, three, four, five teams to get into a playoff spot. Five teams. That's a lot. But the biggest issue here is that their big guys are not producing. Tyler Sagan, 12 points in 29 games. That's pathetic for Tyler Sagan at 29 years old. Jamie Benn at 32, going on 33. Eight goals, 15 points in 29 games. Jamie Benn is barely a 40-point player right now. Tyler Sagan's not even on pace for 40 points. So Tyler Sagan's contract looks real bad right now. Honestly, it might it might be worse than Jeff Skinner's right now if he continues to produce at this rate. So, um, I would, uh, I I would, I I just don't see the the light at the end of the tunnel for Dallas because you need so much more out of your two best players, really. And I, I just don't see where you where you get the offense from to make the run that they need to make to make the playoffs. I don't see it. Like who who on that team is going to step up scoring for them? Who? Yeah, I mean they're not. And again, he's on an expiring deal. I think we said that. Um, uh, Joe Pavelski, yeah. Pavelski, yeah. yeah. As I'm typing in, but I just Joe wanted to Pavelski. make sure myself. I mean, and you don't Pavel, have to get Pavelski you is. don't have to give up that much to get him. He falls no, right into you, every you single category you. the Rangers want. Pavelski is almost a point per game player. That's the other thing. So it, 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 you're you're looking at a 37 year old player that's got 27 points, 12 goals in 29 games. He's having a real good year on a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs. And then right behind him, you have Jason Robertson and Rupe Hints with 25 and 22 points. And Jason Robertson is over a point per game. He has 25 and 23 games. And he was a, he yeah. was a Calder finalist last year. You know, Rupe Hints is a 25-year-old. He's in his peak years. I mean, and then obviously Miro Heiskanen, you, you you think he's going to be good, but you're not getting enough from Ryan Suter. You're not getting enough from Jamie Ben. John Klingberg is a UFA at the end of the year too, 
for Dallas. I mean, Dennis Gurionov is not giving you enough. Alexander Radulov, who is also a UFA, has 12 points in 28 games at 35 years old. He looks like he's at like he's on the downside of his career too. So for me, I, I just don't think unless everything goes right for Dallas, I, I I don't think that there's a way that they can't turn, not be sellers by the deadline. Yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna fall out. They're, that's that's what we do now. They're gonna fall out. Talk about durable. Wow, Joe Pavelski. Looking at his career, 82 games, 80 games, 67, 74, 82, 48, 82, 82, 82, 82, 82 81. Notice that a trend. 82, 75. I mean, this guy plays a physical brand of hockey, and yet he's um I mean, he's not hitting like 130 times like he did in 26, 27, uh uh, sorry, 2016, 2017, but still, and he can play defense, and he's got a 53% uh, face-off percentage. Wow. I, 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 you just made me fall in love with a guy that I already liked. Thanks, Philk. Now yeah, I got to 50, now 50, I gotta, I, I gotta keep whispering, tweeting out the Chris Drury. Sign him. 54.8 career face-off percentage. He's had zero years of under 50, uh, under 51 percent. 53.9, 56.4, 58.2, 54.3, 58.7, 51.8, 56, which is really good. 54, 55. Uh, 54 point three, 55, 52.4, 54.9, 53.2, 53.8, 52, even last year, and then 53.4 this year for a total 54.8 over his career. Um, this but, is a guy who's also gotten selkie votes in many years throughout his career, but, right? And the reason why it's so important, and we've seen it, guys, we've seen it a lot, and I know most of you in the chat actually understand this. But if people are watching this and wondering, hey, what, what, why do they keep harping on this? Think about 2014. Every time there was a huge face-off, the Rangers sent out there Brian Boyle and Dominic Moore. If Dominic Moore, great face-off guy, got tossed, Brian, Brian Boyle won the face-off. It was just that simple. And now let's now juxtapose that to this year. The Vegas game, how they lose – how they how – they, Give up the game-tying goal. They did it off a face-off in their own end with five minutes remaining. And so on. It's going to go like that for a while. That's why teams in the playoffs need a good face-off guy. If not one, they need two. You know why the Islanders haven't been losing as much? Because J.G. Pajot takes every big draw in the face-offs, uh, in the playoffs. And when he's usually on the ice... Anthony would be the one to tell me. I'm trying to remember the other guy. that. Oh, they, they'll throw a case Zeke is with him. There you go. One gets tossed. The other one goes right in. You can't have it where Mika Zibanejad, who's winning. Uh, I, I have to look it up where he is right now. 42%. He, it's pretty bad. Maybe it's 44%. Um, and Chris Kreider is taking all of his face-offs. Yeah, it, it's. I, I just think it's too good of a fit. Riley Smith would be the other fit if they want to go with a guy who's really just a right winger. I mean, mm -hmm. right, he would be cheap too, I think, because Vegas is in such a cap bind once Eichel gets back. And that that issue is going to come to pass sooner than later. So I wonder if – because by February, I think Eichel might be back. Uh, I believe you're right. I, and, I think, I think again, they got to clear money – 
because they got to clear away the cap space for uh, him and Petrangelo to get in there. That's yeah, $18 million dollars a cap space. So, uh, yeah, and you know what? I, I've heard other people say, well, why wouldn't they try to move other cap? Well, who exactly are you moving and who exactly are, you, are, are they going to – who's going to take the salary that they need to move? I mean, look at this team in, 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 in Vegas. So you're not moving Matrangelo. You're not moving Shea Theodore. Braden McNabb is $2.5 million. He's a UFA. Sure, you could move him, but okay. Lauren Brassois, are you are you really – Can't move your backup goalie. You, are you going to move your backup goalie, and then you're going to have to go and try to scramble for another backup goalie by the deadline? I, I, I doubt it. I doubt it. It's possible, but I doubt it. Okay, Evgeny Dadanov. Okay, fine, $5 million, but – you know what? You just signed that deal. Wasn't it like $5 million for four years? He, he, he's movable, but again, he's not having a great year at all. Yeah. And you're going you're gonna to have to sell pennies on the dollar to move him because he's only got uh, 16 points in 34 games. It's, that's not good at all. That's under a 40-point pace. So, I mean, who's going to want to buy – on uh, who's going to want to buy Evgeny Dadanov? That was for um, I think this was for Pavelski. I think it maybe yeah, what draft pick third I, round? I, I, Johnny, I I don't know what it's going to take to get Pavelski. It's probably going to take a, a top prospect, a first round pick, and then maybe something else. I mean, I think it's only I think it's only going to be either one or the other, or uh, maybe first round pick and a middling guy. You're the I one that did, by the way. In, in by the way, if you don't watch him. That felt good, bad, and ugly after games. Not on the West Coast, because the man does have to sleep sometime. But you did say that. Um, oh shit, I, I was too busy promoting it. I lost the question. You, yeah, you, you did say that next year's draft isn't as deep as what people thought it was. Yeah, this up here, and that—that's the thing. You know what? It, it, teams are going to probably be willing to give up first-round draft picks in this draft unless they're high. And obviously the teams that are going to have the high draft picks aren't going to give up the, uh, those picks because they're not contenders. So they're not going to be in the bidding wars. But for, for contenders, you're, you're giving up a, a, a 20, 25th pick in this year's draft plus a prospect. And, and then maybe, maybe something else on top of that. That's not a lot. But I, I think there's going to be a bidding war. Um, so... And, and thank you, Ziga. I, I just saw this. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, bud. Yeah, if you, if you see the videos in the intro to my editorial, I, I look like I have three chins. And now I actually can see my neck. It's great. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I would I would still blame that on the um the camera angle. Yeah, um, Hayek and a first. Of course, I would do Hayek and a first for Pavelski. Who wouldn't do that? You'd be crazy not to. But, I, I mean... Mr. Sintastic, I would hope you're right about this, but I, I just think there's going to be a bidding war for Pavelski. I think if he becomes available, oh, there's going to be teams lining up. See, I think that's the reason why you're saying it's going to be it's going to take as much as what it is because that's what it is. That that's what it basically is. It is going to be a bidding war. And um, by the way, David, if the camera adds ten pounds, Philk must only weigh. A, a 10 pounds right now because he's he's like this now he's like this oh 
Uh, it's just a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, just eating right and stuff. It's uh, yeah, like I'm gonna I be said, getting it, back. It's it, it, it's it's got to be a lifestyle. It can't just be a diet. You can't just be a workout regimen. It's got to be a lifestyle. You got to live it. You really do. But um, yeah, I'm gonna get getting back to that myself too soon. Yeah, um, I'll go through some other ones that I have here. Um, makes me a little crazy that Hunt is on his team and Kravtsov is not. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I don't know about that last part, Mr. Fantastic. Uh, that's really not what I was trying to highlight. Uh, the first part of what you were saying here is I totally agree, especially with this team needing offensive help at even strength. The power play is good, but you can't continue to depend on your power play to continue to produce. Mm. Yes, it's a top 10 unit. and Yes, they consistently produce, and it looks like it's going to stay that way. Um, but you got to start scoring an even strength and you're not going to get all the calls in, in the playoffs when the refs start to put their whistles away a bit. So, yep. I was about to mention that. No, I was, I was about to mention two things that you were saying right there. Refs will put their whistles away in the playoffs. And do you, I'm pretty sure I'm hundred percent right on this, Phil. Do you know the first team to win the cup with the number one ranked power play? The New York uh, Rangers. New York Rangers in 94, yeah, because that, that Leach-Zuboff tandem was ridiculous at the point. Right. And I can't help but say, how did Gretzky and the Oilers not do it? Had all these other – maybe there was a lot more penalties than I realized. I mean, the only team or, that I've ever seen that at, that's won the Cup with a, an absolutely atrocious power play that really wasn't producing was the probably the 2011 Bruins. Yeah, and that's then, correct. Yeah, their, their they were 23rd in the power play. Yeah, their power play was awful, and they ended up winning the cup. So, which they, again proves the number one thing you need to do. And let me go back and highlight it for all the fans that are still sticking with us. Thank you very much. Is yes, their power play is doing great. Their penalty kill is fifth in the league. You need yeah. a better penalty kill almost more than you need a a better power play. So that, that's that the Rangers that's in, in 2014. The power play really wasn't good, but the penalty kill was very good. And part a big part of that, obviously, Henrik Lundqvist. But yeah, yeah. I again, uh, I, I I I'm totally with you here, Fantastic. Um, I I think Kravtsov should be playing. Um, he can't come back until the KHL season ends. I think he's coming back. I, I think they're going to find a way. I think they will. Um, core here to move on. If Jones keeps this up, do we still go left-handed D-man regardless, although of my dream of firing Nemeth into the sun becoming a reality? Yes, please. Line up the cannon and let me be the one that lights the fuse because if I can send him into the sun and make sure that he never returns to this damn team, I would be so frigging happy. Oh, my God. But um, Zach Jones, I, I, I think they would probably still – want to go for a veteran defender if they can if you can get a ben sherratt for something less than a first because oh. ben sherratt's not worth a first round pick that's canadian media trying to help out the the montreal canadians there yeah that's and i like ben sherratt but not worth the first round pick not worth the first round pick so well uh, patrick nemeth you're gonna have to get used to him because he's on the lower cost brendan smith plan except brendan smith was not this Brandon Smith um, is better than Patrick Nemeth. That's for yeah. damn sure. Pat yeah. Patrick uh, Nemeth makes me appreciate Brendan Smith. There you go. And that's nice. appreciate him after he signed the contract, not beforehand yeah, not, when he not, played a lot better. 
the the before the the 2017 Brendan Smith was was a really good defenseman. He was a top yeah. four defenseman. So uh, this is a good one here from Grant. Can Jones Lund, uh, and Lundqvist be a contending third pair, or is there truth to the notion that they're too small to pair together in the playoffs? I I think it's less about the size and more about the experience, Grant. Um, they they don't have a lot of experience, obviously, in the NHL in general, and then you want to kind of bring an all-rookie pair into the playoffs. If they were blowing the doors off, I would I would say maybe the Rangers would go with them. Um but I, I just – I don't know if uh, that's going to be the case there because I, I think they're going to want to go for somebody that's a little more experienced with one of those two. I think he would have to play his way into doing it, and it's hard for them to do both of those. It's easier if they were forwards because then you could have something like the kid line. Nobody ever talks about the kid defense. It never happens. Yeah. The, the kid forwards, the Edmonton had that in, in 1990. That, right. Uh, Graves, Jelena, and Joe Murphy. That but was there's usually like a line like that where young uh, three young players, they threw together and they're like, hey, yeah. look at this line. Yeah. Almost uh, seems. If, if, if we can send Shatner to space, why not? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> X, LX, oh. excellent. Oh, my God. Uh, another good one from David. Rangers' possession numbers are bad. Hard to score 5v5 if you don't have the puck. That was something that I was highlighting earlier on in the year. They've gotten better with it. Um, they still do need to be a bit better. Um, this team is a quick strike team offensively. It, they can just get a chance out of nowhere and score. It's it's just amazing. And then they draw a power play, and then the power play produces, and the power play has been so damn good. So, um, yeah, just me. I'm thinking, I'm not thinking cornfield for some reason. I'm thinking north by northwest for the cornfield, huh. but uh, yeah, so this, this comment here, Diane, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, oh man, Mikey, that is savage. Um, uh, that makes me miss Jack Johnson. Okay, you're talking about that, Mike, Mike, NYR for life, and then NYR, Mike, I, I'm I, I'm with you on this. I've said this. I said this the other night in the last Good, Bad, and Ugly stream. Um, he, he's like an Adam Fox light, and that. And when I first heard that comparison from his uh, from his coach at UMass, I, I was like, "Get the hell out of here!" And you know what? The more and more I started watching him, the more and more I realized that uh, he he does play the game a lot like Adam Fox does. Um, a lot of the the, the fakes, the deception moves. Uh, the, I mean, he's a bet to me, he has a better shot and is a better skater than Fox, but uh, Fox is probably better at making those little deception moves and out waiting for checkers and defenders and seeing those plays open up. Adam Fox is one of the best I've ever seen in my life when it comes to like getting those yes. passes and seeing those lanes open up. So I, I just, you know what, I'm throwing this out there because Cora's got him mentioned right there. But Detroit's going nowhere. I, I think Mark Stahl's on a, a, a cheap contract. What about getting him? No, he's still uh, – uh, his deal, I think, is expiring, actually. It's the same deal, but it's expiring. So I hey, don't he know. No, it's $2 million. What's up? He's only making $2 million this year. Oh, you know what? That was 
Yeah, his his deal with the Rangers expired last year. Last year, that's right. That's right. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, if I could move Nemeth to Detroit, which I doubt they would do because they've already experienced the Patrick. Stahl Nemeth does have a no-move clause that he will yeah. waive, I'm assuming, if Detroit doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, How close is Detroit to Thunder Bay? Uh, they're probably the closest team in the league, I would assume. Yeah, then he probably doesn't want to move it. Yeah. The kid line in the dreadful 92-93 season. Um that was uh that was Sergey Nemchinov, um Darren Turcott, and who else was on that line? Amati uh, partner was the first line. That wasn't Adam no, no, Graves, no, right? Amati Graves and, and and uh Messier, sorry, was the first line. I don't know why I said Gardner. Yeah. And Gardner, that was his last 40-goal season as a Ranger, obviously. Yeah, in 93, yeah. Yeah, he was pushing 50 goals that year. Um, I like that, Grant. If we bring back Saul, we have to get Holden. Oh, God, Kinda. no. Nemchino was 30 in 94? No. No, sir. Yeah. Not that he old. Because he was Russian, so it took a while for him to get here. No, I knew that, but I thought he was like like 26. 24 or 5, not that old. Because he played for a while. He played up until the 2000s. We, 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 we can't really debate with a guy whose nickname is Stat Boy. <laughs> so yeah, oh, he was 20, he was 29 in, in that season. That was his age 20. Pretty sure he pretty sure he knows that one. But we all you so with Steve King, Doug Waite, and Alexei Kovalev. Alexei that's the re- Kovalev. Oh, that's right. Steve yeah. King. Chris Chris I King about Stephen King. No, Chris King was um, traded that year for Kevin Domi for uh, Olchek. For Ed Olchek, yeah. That that was the year that they were traded for Olchek. Uh, to answer your question, though, no, I don't remember that line because also at the trade deadline no, that vaguely, year, I vaguely remember that line. I because weight weight went up and down the lineup, and and Kovalov. Had played a couple of times with Gartner, from what I remember. So, yeah, no, I know, I know there was Chris King. Uh, no, no, he, yeah, he corrected me on that one. Yeah, no, I, I completely forgot about Stephen, Stephen King, King. To be honest with you, no, I, I, I know Stephen King, but yeah, that was that. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't remember him being with Wait and Kovalov. I remember other players being with them, but then again, I was probably about eight. So, yeah. Um, but to answer that, unfortunately, the Rangers didn't have it that long because Doug Waite at the trade deadline that year was moved for Esatikinen. Yeah, for Esatikinen. That was that was a big one. But, yeah. Uh, By the way, fun fact about Doug Waite, the only person to score on a Mike Richter with a penalty shot. Yep. And he wristed it by him. And then, By the way, Stephen, thanks for filling that in for us. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, I'm just going into the comments here. Can't believe it's already seven and seven eleven. Yeah, seven. We're about to hit three hours. We'll go yeah. to seven thirty. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, that, that works. Watch oh. some games. I, I I don't I don't know if I'm going out tonight. I don't know if I got feel a like hockey it. game tonight, so I gotta I'm gonna have to start eating and stuff like that. I had a game last night. Uh, I couldn't go because my roommates tested positive. So, Seven yeah. Eleven, yeah. Um, give me Wawa on Long Island, please. <laughs> I, can't, I, 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 
Wawa is better than 7-Eleven. If there's one thing I could say New Jersey does better than New York, it's Wawa over 7-Eleven. Yeah, Wawa over 7-Eleven. And then we ended up getting Quick Checks on Long Island, and Quick Checks sucks. Yeah. Quick Stop, not that good. No. but it, It's good for two movies, though. Clerks. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you're <laughs> stealing your beer better enough. Actually, you know something? Um, never had the thing is, I was I was sick last week. Never had sheets. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, sorry, Mike. Let me just highlight your comment and say this. Uh, so I will have to, I guess, put a soundbite in there for Scott from we, uh, we are Blue Shirts Nation because he would be surprised for me to ever say that New Jersey ever did anything better than new york yeah i i uh can anyone guess which has the most 7-eleven occasions aside from the usa um russia i don't i don't know i i have no you know, uh, let me do it let me say before you get there steven um you know what i don't know why i want to say germany <laughs> Germany, that'd be yeah. an interesting one. Try to think of population density. I mean, UK maybe. Jack's guessing Germany too. I don't know. Oh, Japan! Wow, wow. Japan. See, I could see that. Wow, they probably have a Seven Eleven mascot. They probably do. <laughs> uh, Japan's weird with that type of stuff. Mike, he is 100% wrong on that because, oh, again, yeah. no one ever ha- – no one has ever talked about New Jersey pizza. No. It, or New Jersey bagels. talk about New Jersey pizza or New Jersey's uh, – New Jersey natives. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah, but. that's it. Uh, that's absolutely it. I, I, yeah, yeah, by the way, MJ, I love your passion that you were actually here yesterday – <laughs> at 4 30. <laughs> he was the first comment yeah. even before anything else. It was anybody here. And I kind of looked at I it got and it. went, oh. You know what? I got into the studio and I saw you replying to him, but I couldn't see his comment. I'm like, what is going on here? Why is there why is Mark responding to somebody that's not there? And then and then uh, you know you you said that to me before we got on. I was like, oh wow. <laughs> By the way, Steven, since we're gonna be doing a 7-Eleven tidbits. Uh, do you know what the most profitable or, sorry, the highest selling 7-Eleven is in the world? I believe it's the world. It has to be because it it's the one in Montauk right before you get all the way out of Long Island. Like, just it's in Montauk and after that, there is nothing. Wow. There's a Johnny, whole lot of Thank nothing. you very much. We appreciate that. Johnny, thank you. How's the back, by the way? Put it in the yeah, comments. I, I know I asked before, but I, I didn't see your response. If, if I probably got caught up in all the comments. <laughs> First of all, by the way, anytime anybody could ever use this the, these words together. But yes, I, I, I am not a beach guy. Um, I still had a great time. I was with my ex-fiance when I was down there, but 
Although the one time she looked at me and said, I'm going to run inside. Uh, do you need me to grab anything? No, I'll just wait in the car. She goes, she goes inside and then she's coming back out. And the guy holding the door for her was Daniel day Lewis. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, we got to get you uh, to more New York pizza places then. Uh, I, I I've heard, I've heard new Haven pizza is good. I'll, I've got to try it out, but yeah. Mike, again, oh, was MJ, I mean, thank you. I love you. You know, we're, we're privileged to have a lot of good people that, again, go on both streams. Because, uh, I mean, we got Steven in here. Saw a bunch yeah, of you guys yesterday. Yeah. To be um, divorced has its advantages. <laughs> Friend of mine said one time, uh, hey, Mark, why is, why is divorce so expensive? Because it's worth it. Um. I gotta think of what my favorite pizza is. Because my problem is with my favorite pizza New is Park. from a different it's a different slice. New Park. New Park in uh, in Howard Beach. New Park pizza is just unreal good. Oh, of course, Steven, it's not it's not authentic, but I mean it, it's it's just different. But um yeah, fantastic. I, I I've I've heard this. I wanna I wanna try it. I was actually in um, New Haven visiting a friend over the summer and I never got to go there. So, but um, one of my most, most disappointing moments ever ordering pizza in my life. Uh, and by the way, I'll tell you also about a place in Huntington that does like cold, um, mozzarella. Oh, and little Vincent's. Oh, there you go. Man. Little oh, Vincent's. Little Vincent's so long. But, uh, I was in New York, New York in Vegas and I, it was late at night. I'm like, ah, let me grab a slice. I walk over to the guy and it just go, yeah. Can I get a um? I can take a pepperoni, and their cheese was Sicilian. And I looked at them, and, it was, and I'll take a Sicilian. Guy goes, what? A Sicilian slice? What? That one right there? Oh, you mean cheese? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. When when you know what's funny? All right. So my my stepfather and his wife, um, they moved down to North Carolina. That's where I was back in May and July. And we found this place. I think it's called uh, that D'Alessandro's. I think it's called. I'm, I'm not. I'm. I don't. I don't remember the name. And it, it, it's close to a New York slice. But we went to other places, and one of them was like a little like um, hole in the wall thing in like the middle of like the city of Wilmington. And we went to go order. I was like uh, regular slice. He's like, you mean cheese slice? Like when you know when they call a, a cheese slice or a regular a cheese slice, you know that they don't know what they're doing. Exactly. You just you just know it right at that point. And, and especially when you're in a place that's New York, New York. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, fantastic. Yes, I did try Bojangles and I liked it. Um, the fries were not great, but the chicken sandwich was pretty good. Definitely, definitely a fan of that. One thing I'm going to be very enthusiastic about going to all these different stadiums and I was able to do it when we went to uh, Nashville to also, I got a friend that lives down there. That's one reason why I'm going to be going to Nashville a lot more, but was to see uh, to, to get Nashville hot chicken. Oh God. <laughs> By the way, whatever you do, don't eat it before you're going to go on the plane the next day. <laughs> so. Oh. Yeah, we wanted to meet up with you, Stephen, and it's unfortunately uh, didn't work out. But you know what? Next time you're in, let's de let's definitely make it a point. 
and we definitely <laughs> got to do another bar meetup. We were supposed to do one for the Vegas game. We were supposed to do one for the Vegas game. We had uh, now we do. I can if 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 things normalize. Um, next week is available for us because next week is a late game, so we can always meet up late, do some of that. the The hard part is, and again, guys, I'm sorry that I haven't been able to do a bar meetup because it's with all the cancellations and then all the different stuff. I was sick last week, and then. Uh, I, like I said before, there's, it's just chaos right now. I'm trying to get it done because I, I got a, a, a signed Mika Zibanejad jersey that I need to raffle off. And, um, I still got the framed signed Dennis Potvin jersey inside. So it's, there's, there's a lot that needs to be done. Unfortunately mm-hmm. that, it, you know, it's, it, I'd like to thank the Islanders for being terrible. Can they get back in? into um contention so that way i can do an islanders beat up too but i know john it'll come it'll be great you know what what i'm happy about is when it does come you know i to put names and faces so yeah that's that's the biggest thing to me i i I think it would be cool to be able to meet everybody and um you know just hang out with everybody and actually get to talk to you all person that would be really really cool so I, I, I know, I mean, some of you guys, I already know you personally. I mean, I've known Steven for a while. Um, the guy, Dave, my right nut is like one of my best friends. I've met, I've met Michael here, you know, before a game, Mark knows Michael for a while. Yeah. You bring the belts. Yeah, definitely. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I want to take some pictures of the belts, but, um, uh, so, um, yeah, I, I definitely want to uh, be able to, um, you know, like I said, see everybody and, and just have beers with everybody and stuff. So, Dan, good luck. Hope you crush it, man. Get get the job. Let us know how it goes uh, next time. Like I do, uh, I, like I said, I'll probably do a good, bad, and ugly on Friday afternoon because of the fact that um, Thursday night's just going to be way too late. But um, definitely let me know how it goes, man. Good luck. And yes, good luck, Dan. I was about to click on that as well. I like the I like Stephen's history of pizza that he's kind of putting in. Yes, yeah, St- Stephen is giving us a history of pizza right now in the in the <laughs> chat for any anyone who wants to know how how pizza came about and where it came from. Well, also the one reason why slices were done in New York was because Italians always had to eat on the go, so they would. It was something. It was basically something that they could just fold and just go. That was it. Um, yeah, Diane, we uh, totally understood. It, it, it's tough to travel right now, and you did, you, yeah, the, the regulations and everything like that are just ridiculous. Uh, it just, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm over it too. That's all I can really say. So, but yeah, we, I, I, are we gonna start having a call? Um, Stat Boy Steven, Pizza Stat Steven. Well, yeah, you know, I, hey, you know what? That's not a bad name, you gotta be, uh. Uh, I'm watching from the beginning. I think <laughs> man, I, I like yeah. that. I like that. I love this name, Wu Tang PJs. Wu Tang PJs. Oh I don't think man, I've seen it before, but I, that's I, I a love great that name. name. I love Wu Tang Clan. Ain't nothing to fuck with. That's for sure. So, um, and Wu Tang Financial, y'all got to diversify y'all bonds. <laughs> that's still one of the best. Oh, that's, that's one of the best Chappelle show bits ever. And the racial draft is just incredible. Just yeah. so oh, many. For, 
for me always it's it's, it's that episode because that also has the Samuel Jackson uh beer commercial. Has a taste, motherfucker. Mm-mm. Um some good motherfucking beer. By the way, Steven, while you're just typing in some things, I do have one question for you. Who would be a better fit at the wing for the Rangers? Philip Heedle or Lori Payanami? We've already and talked about this, me and him, yeah. Because that's the other thing. People wanted to go, hey, let's move Philip Heedle to wing. Why? I just don't got other guys that could do it. He's ready yet. I mean, could he maybe play in a fourth line role? And then second power play unit, maybe. But still, you got Keto. You got that's one of the options. Uh, Kratzoff is going to be an option in about uh, two months. I mean, I, I I hope that. And I agree with Lou. Pavelski would be a better center. <laughs> or B, me, B, B. There you go. Me. Yeah, I, I, it just you know what. As said, by the way, on um, Rangers Review yesterday as I was watching, and I was thinking the same thing. What's the most disappointing part of the Rangers season? Steven answered, Phil Peedle. Phil Peedle. Yeah, you just, this is the guy after last year that you thought he was going to take the next step. He was on pace for about 40 points. His underlying numbers and analytics are pretty good. And then just why has he not? Why is he not taking the next step? And and yeah, I I would love to see Morgan Barron. Why why yeah. not give this kid a shot? Give this kid a shot. Jack, it's I agree with you on this. Let me go. Let me go highlight this one. It's a great problem to have. There are no centers. That's where it's going to be trying to figure things Jack, out. Jack's exactly right on that. One hundred percent on the nail, man. And, and it's it, when you have all these guys that are fitting in, it's just you got to figure out where these guys are going to go. And like, I, I got one that I want to highlight, too, because it, this is actually a good point. We seem pretty confident that Kravtsov will actually be back because of the fact that, one, the Rangers are going to need help. And if they want to get help without having to go and give up assets, which I think is probably the mindset. I think that this team knows that they're not a, um, they're not in a win now, like go all in move type mode where you make that last piece move and, and give it all up for that last piece. They're not that one piece away. So Kravtsov would help in that regard because he's a right winger. And then two, Kravtsov is probably going to want to up his trade value if he still wants to get out of here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it benefits both sides for him to come back, play well, and, and get some minutes. Because even if even if he doesn't hash things out, okay, he ups his value, teams get to see more of him, and then you get to deal him and get a little more from him. Not a lot, but a little more. Or you can package him for a bigger move. And then the other part to it is, is what if he comes back? He's productive. He likes the line that he's on and he sticks with the line and sticks with the team and he wants to stay. Mm-hmm. Steven has said this so many times, but Jonathan Drouin, if he could go back to Tampa and, and have that season that he had where he had that 50 point year and he broke out and then they traded him for Mikhail Sergachev the next year, then anything can happen, man. Yeah. 
And and look, it's always beneficial to work with what you got in the system to begin with because you don't have to give up assets to get that player in the system because um, obviously he's in your system. But it's... Uh, by the way, Joe, the answer... You want me to highlight that one? It's what, well, yeah, right there. What's, it, what's uh, more annoying, trading boots or chasing away crowds? Off the answer is yes to both because yeah, the plan the was supposedly yes. going to be chasing away crowds. I, I would probably say chasing away crafts off because of the fact that you traded away Butch Nevich partially because you thought crafts off was going to be the option and then you alienated him because so it's stupid in the aftermath, really is. And and uh, MJ, I, I like Matthew Robertson too, but if all the spots are full of defense. What are you going to do? And I, I, I don't – and I know Stevens brought this one up, and Jack is just asking a question, but I don't think L.A. would trade Kapari for Matthew Robertson. I'm sorry. I just don't think Robertson's on that level of prospect. I think Kapari – I think Robertson's about here, and Kapari's more about here. So mm-hmm. I don't I, – I think if you ask for, for Kravtsov for Kapari, I, I think that would probably work. But I, the idea would be not – and, Stephen, I don't know about that. I don't think he's a top three. Is he a top five? Sure. But a top three? I, you, I, I don't – is Krebs still a prospect? You, are you telling me that in L.A. that he's a top three prospect over Turcotte, Byfield, and Kapari? I don't think so. Over and they're still there. They're still – those guys aren't playing that much. Turcotte just started – and Byfield is in the system, hasn't played much at all. Carolina so. is is he really a top three prospect in Carolina? I don't think so. I I, I again, I would yeah. have to get all their prospect lists and go down every list to really <laughs> hammer this out. But I really don't think just by just by asking the question itself, I, I don't think he's a top three prospect. You, you know something, Stephen mentioned his name just now, and I'm 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 not going to highlight it because I'm just going to go. Uh, uh, by the way, I like that yeah. MJ. I like that uh, in Buff. Or sorry, to Buffalo, I'd be in the system. But um, I was talking about head cases earlier, and I'm sorry, Leah Sanderson. Ever since the story came out about him throwing the silver medal away. And it's, oh, well, it was supposed to be such a character building moment. And this kid's going to be the Rangers captain one day. And you're like, what are you talking about? He wasn't happy with his accomplishment. And he threw away his silver medal like a child. Yes, he was 18. But still, I, 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 I that's the way that I took that. I, I, I don't think I don't think that was admirable. And then throwing away a silver medal. Into the stands, who would it hit? You know what? I liked the fire from it. It wasn't a great look, but I liked the, f- the competitive fire. It, it's just, it was just more than just competitive fire from them. No, that's the problem. So, I mean, you, you can't just. Yeah, but David, I agree with you. 18 is still a child, but you know what? Have some maturity. And Johnny, you're right. This class was move. Yeah, it's it's not a great move. It, it really isn't. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to go through everybody's prospect lists, but it, it's just it's it's not. 
it, it's a lot to really like you know sit there and and, and kind of go through and stuff. It, it's but I I, I I don't personally think that Robertson is a top three prospect on every team. I think he's good. Uh, I just don't know if teams would really value him as highly as some of these other prospects that they have. I think it, I think that's debatable at best. Uh, right now, uh, the people in my house want to open up one of my bottles of whiskey. And uh, that I got three for Chris. I got two for Christmas and one that I bought myself and I haven't been able uh, to have it yet. I might stay in tonight. I haven't decided. Go out tomorrow night, spend some money then. Yeah. So I, I got to, yeah. yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get going though. I got to go and make dinner and stuff like that. And no problem guys. And Guys, it's always great for us to do this. We love we love doing this. We were we were, we used to love doing this when we were doing five hour videos. Phil yeah, and I. That was crazy. So, yeah, <laughs> that's still nuts. And it was even nuts because I think three different times we tried to sign off. One episode we signed off five times, and then we're brought back in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, throw wait, throw your supplemental in the stands. You're a competitor. Throw your girlfriend in a ditch, and you're a felon. What a stupid world. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's so great! Oh, oh that's man. awesome! Oh, that's awesome, Joe. But thank uh, yeah, guys, thank you all. We love we love having you guys, especially in the the long Q and A segment. But um, hopefully tomorrow the Rangers just keep rolling, and Gerard Gallant reminds Vegas what they're missing. Because uh, yeah. I'll give you a hint: uh, Pete DeBoer is going to choke again in the playoffs. And facts. Uh, let's go, Rangers! Great episode of always with with you guys. We'll keep doing this as long as you keep watching. Thank you very much. Let's go Rangers.